across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Talk Radio. Good evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. Thank you, James. Thank you, Ash. Oh three four. No, I, I, I'm not going to give out the number. Hold, just hold off calling for a little bit. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. tell you a story um good evening dear listener this is ian lee this is talk radio and lots of kind of things have kind of fallen into place in about the last 20 minutes so let me tell you a story um when i was let me when i was about um, seven years old my sister joined the brownies she joined the brownies and i kind of like the look of it you know and i wanted to join the brownies. And of course, I couldn't join the brownies because I was a boy and I was too young. 
I don't know what the age limit is. I think it may be 10. I'm not 100% sure. So I couldn't join the brownies. But in the same place where they had the brownies, they did the scouts and they did the cubs. Okay. And we got talking to the woman who did the cubs, Arkayla of the cubs, a woman called Mrs. Cutler. And um, she said, well, seven's a bit young, but we can probably take him about eight or nine. That was exciting. So I got to join the Cubs, I think at eight. I think at eight. So that would have been 1981, maybe nine, 1982, maybe. But they let me in early. And I was thrilled by that. And so the Cubs were run by this woman, Mrs. Cutler. Can't remember her first name. And the Scouts were run by her husband, Les Cutler, who everybody called Doc, because he was this really nice, kind of friendly um, guy. You know, they they were an old couple. I I mean, it's hard to, when you're eight or nine, it's hard to tell how old people are, isn't it? I would have thought, well, see, looking back in my head, I would have thought in their 60s, but maybe a bit younger, maybe in in their late 50s. And we didn't have much to do with Doc Cutler, Les Cutler, um, because he was with the Scouts. So he was kind of looking after the older kids. What what age do you become Scouts? 13, 14, something like that. Um, But every now and then he would come in and help his wife out do the Cubs. Dib, 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 dob, 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 Arkela, we will do our best. And um, he was very nice and everyone liked him, very uh, gregarious, very kind of friendly gentleman. He had this, um, all the parents loved him. All the parents absolutely loved him. And he had this, um, he had this great habit of uh, tickling you. He would tickle you. And he would do it, it was weird, right? Because, you know, um, some people consider, well, anyway, he would tickle you and he would get your collarbone. I mean, it was always at the collarbone. And he would do it, and but it kind of hurt a bit, but you were laughing because you were being tickled. And when you're eight or nine, part of the fun of being tickled is escaping, then going back and being tickled, then escaping, then going back and being tickled. And everybody loved it, and he was a local character. Anyway, when I was eight or nine, we got to go to Cub Camp. Get this, Cub Camp. Now, we didn't actually go camping, um, which I was relieved to find out. Instead, we stayed inside a church hall, like a sort of, like a village hall, I think, in the New Forest. Apparently, it's still there. A friend of mine called Frank uh, went there recently, went there in the last few years. It's still there. And there must have been, again, when you're you're looking back kind of 36 years it's kind of hard to remember numbers i remember there being something like 50 kids let's say 50 kids could be a bit more could be a bit less don't matter and for a lot of those 50 kids 8 9 10 11 years old it would have been their first time away from home for some of them they'd been before they'd been to this this cub camp before and it was kind of um it felt very grown up and um it was all very exciting and we had sleeping bags and we were going to sleep on the floor and um we would i think it was for a week six days maybe seven days and we would go out in the new forest and we'd go swimming in the stream and it was all very very exciting and then remember on the last day we went um 
sh- it's funny, isn't it weird the, the the things you remember? We went shopping in um in pool. Remember we went to pool, and I remember going into Al Price Records, and they were playing "Happy Birthday" by Stevie Wonder. I, I have no idea why that that sticks in my mind. Anyway, because there were so many kids, they needed the Cutlers. Mrs. Cutler and Doc Cutler needed more people to help out. So they, um, some of the adults that were there, there was an Irish gentleman called Stan, who was, um, we were, we were in one kind of cub group. We had names that were connected to the Jungle Book because of Kipling and all that nonsense. So we were in one group and then Stan was kind of in charge of another Group and we were kind of like rivals, you know, as, as, as these these things are. And it was there was some rivalry on the uh, uh, on the week away, both real and imagined. So Stan was there. There was also the dad of one of my friends who was a fireman and was t- absolutely terrifying, real kind of very fierce. I think he'd been in the military. I think. Uh, he was um, very sh- th- th- brusque in tone and he had a moustache and he was very shouty. I remember years later, um, my friend, who was his son, um, got really into um, um, really into self-harming, got really into it. And we kind of thought, wow, that's nuts. Um, and he moved out of home when he was like 16. Anyway, that's kind of almost irrelevant. And there was also the Cutlers. Now, it was their daughter whose name, I cannot remember her name at all, but I remember she was blonde. And she must have been, I mean, she must have been in her 20s. And there was also their son, Keith Cutler, who was, um, well, he was in his 20s as well, something like that. And um, it was weird, and it was it was exciting, and it was kind of tense, because we um, were away from home, and of course we didn't have mobile phones, and there wasn't a payphone, and we were kind of there for a week with no means of contacting home. Imagine that when you're eight, nine years old. Uh, quite daunting. And the first day we got there, we got there, I think, on a sort of Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon. And I remember being terrified. Because they said we were going to have to eat tomatoes. Imagine. And I hated tomatoes. Hated them. And they were really strict. So when, when we get there, you're gonna, there's going to be food and you're going to have to eat it all. You know, the kind of food fascism that we don't really do with our kids now. You're going to have to eat it all. And, and I said, what about tomatoes? Said, yeah, there'll be tomatoes and you'll have to eat them. And I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. Um, but uh, I don't even remember any of the food that we, um, that we ate. Anyway... Um, the first day there, we all got taken into the hall. So there was a hall, big hall, like a village hall. And then there was a, as you look, there was sort of like a stage, I remember. And then there was a kitchen to the left. And sort of behind the stage, there were showers. There were showers, those walk-through showers, which I don't think we'd had at school. So it was the first time I'd seen them. So they were kind of scary. Anyway, we all got down and I had a big bag of comics. I had a big black sack full of um, beanos and whizzer and chips because I was a kid, you know, I was, I was kids. And I had to, and having these comics was kind of power because I could say to, it was a way of making friends and kids would go, oh, can I read you? Yeah, sure. We'd, we'd all share the comics and stuff. And it was kind of a cool thing to have. Anyway, the first day there, we all kind of put our stuff down and uh, we get a talk from doc cutler who i i well i know he's dead um and he kind of told us he set the rules out 
right? And he said, um, what he says goes. He was the boss. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, if there was any mis- misbehaving, there would be um, strict, stiff consequences. And um, that could end up in you getting sent home and no one wants to get sent home because your parents would be would be thoroughly ashamed and embarrassed and you didn't want to thoroughly ashamed and embarrass your parents. There were strict um, times when we had to go to bed. Before bed, there'll be a sh- there'll be showers. We'd have to eat all the food. We'll be required to do certain activities. Oh, and by the way, by the way, sometimes when we go outside into the um, forest, we might go um, swimming in the stream. And of course, you'll want to go naked in the stream because you've not brought your swimmers with you. So you'll want to go naked in the stream. Oh, and by the way... Sometimes when we go out into the woods, we're going to go to these um, bog pits, I guess. You know, it's all very marshy and muddy. And um, sometimes you will be asked to take all of your clothes off when you go to these bog pits. Because it's more fun that way, guys. It's more fun as 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old children to be out in the woods... Naked. It's more fun to do that. Now, and this is where the, uh, the, the, the the caveat came in. He said, now, when you're outside, if you don't want to take your clothes off and run around naked, you won't have to. We won't make you do that. We can't make you do that. But your parents know all about it, and they're really keen for you to um, experience this uh, uh, this whole week in all of its glories. And that means kind of pushing yourself a bit to do things that perhaps make you feel a bit uncomfortable because you can't develop as a, as a person. You can't grow and mature unless you do these things and push yourself. So when we're out and about, if you don't want to strip off, you don't have to, but you will be letting the cubs down, You'll be letting yourself down and you'll be letting your family down. Okay. Uh, and I remember hearing this and I remember I had this vision in my head because I misunderstood what they'd said. Right. So I had this vision in my head that we'd kind of just get turfed out into the streets naked, like, you know, running around the streets with houses and shops and stuff. And I remember even at the age of eight or nine, thinking, oh, I don't want to do that. That sounds, um, um, and I didn't have a word for it. Looking back now, I, I, I can tell even before anything had happened, I felt ashamed about it. It made me feel ashamed and also intimidated and scared because that's what um, adults are really good at doing. Anyway, Les carried on. There was more to it. There was more to it, guys. He said, so you don't have to strip off if, when we go out, right? you don't have to do that. But... And then he got very, very serious with all of us. Before bed, you will have a shower. All of you will have a shower. You'll go off in groups of five and you'll have a shower. And before you have a shower, you will all strip off naked. It's about 50 kids between the age of eight and 12. You will all strip off naked and we will play a game. There are to be no exceptions to this. Everybody will do it. No one gets out of this. Your parents know about it. And if you don't do it, we will tell them. 
and they will be furious with you. Everyone has to do this every single night. And I remember, again, thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But we had to do it. So we went out, and I remember we went out to some kind of bog pit. I don't know, I don't even know what it was, like a marsh or something. And um, the way I remember it, and again, I, you know, I was eight or nine, I'm 43 now, so I don't really know. But the way I remember it, it was um, kind of grey. I remember going swimming. I remember we went, I think I went swimming in my, in my pants. And then we went to this kind of muddy area. And the, the, the image I have in my head is that everybody took all of their clothes off, right? Except for me. Now, there may have been other people and some boys may have kept their pants on, right? But I remember everyone taking their clothes off except for me. And I remember not being allowed to play with the other children while they all went off and just danced around in the mud, and um, I remember standing with my coat on because it was quite cold. And I don't know who spoke to me, whether it was Les Cutler or his son, Keith Cutler. Um, or it may even have been his wife. I don't know. Um, and I was kind of told that I was an idiot. You know, I was kind of made to feel ashamed to feel less than look at all the fun they're having you're choosing not to have fun what's wrong with you why don't you it's just a bit of fun why don't you and i have no idea how eight nine-year-old me managed to um uh, to withstand that but i didn't take my clothes off i'm i imagine i just shut down I imagine i shut down completely and just didn't say anything because i can't imagine disobeying an adult like that there was something in me that was strong enough to say nah you're not getting involved in this anyway we went back this was the first night and of course everyone was muddy so as soon as we got back everyone stripped off the kids only of course not the adults that would be weird so 50 8 to 12 year old kids stripped off completely naked no pants allowed and we played a game. And I had to get involved in this. I had no choice whatsoever. We had to play a game. And the game was Les and his son Keith Cutler would bounce at least one, possibly more, tennis balls around. And we had to jump around and catch them. Imagine. Imagine that. 50 boys aged between 8 and 11 naked jumping around catching a tennis ball just imagine that for a second right and while you're imagining that imagine that the very well i've spoken to a few people since so i know that others are feeling the same but feeling just the most ashamed, embarrassed, awful you've ever felt about yourself because someone has, an adult, has made you do something that you don't want to do, that you know is wrong and you can't quite work out what's wrong about it because you're not quite sexually aware at that age. 
But there is certainly... My boy now, who's going to be seven in January, is already embarrassed about being naked in front of me and embarrassed about if I'm in the bathroom when he goes to the toilet and he wants his privacy. So imagine eight to 12 and feeling ashamed, but also knowing we had to do it because if we didn't do it, our mums and dads, who knew about this, so we were told, would be furious with us. They'd be furious. And it must be all right because mum and dad, we've been told know about this so they must have sanctioned this so i don't know why they would have sanctioned something like that but that's what we've told has been happening there's no phones so we can't phone them up to say anything this is happening and then what would happen is five boys at a time would get picked and this is when it gets a little bit hazy and as i remember it five boys would get picked would go into the back room with possibly Keith Cutler, possibly the daughter, but I don't remember, and would have a shower. And it was those walk-in showers that we had never seen before because I don't think we had them in my middle school. In fact, I'm pretty sure we didn't. Uh, and we had to stand there and shower in front. It was, it, was, it was probably Keith Cutler. It was definitely in front of one of the men. I remember that. Um, and we had to shower and we had to get everything clean. And then once you've done that, you got to go and put your pyjamas on. So it was a stressful, the evenings were stressful. You'd eat the food, you'd take your clothes off, you'd jump around naked, you'd have a shower and be stared at, and then you'd get your pyjamas on. Up until about two weeks ago, that's all I remembered. And then last week I remembered something. I remembered something. I remember two things. I remember two things. One, I remember that um, Keith Cutler, the son, and Les Cutler, the father, would um, walk around doing inspections at night when everyone was asleep. And they'd given out this warning that if you were awake... I remember at the time thinking, that's odd. If you were awake, you'd be in very serious trouble. Um... And I remember being awake on the floor and them standing by my head as I'm lying down. And I could hear them whispering something. And all I remember was, please don't notice I'm awake, please don't notice I'm awake, please don't notice I'm awake. And then they walked on and I breathed a sigh of relief. Relief. Two other things I remembered. Uh, 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 one, there was a kid that we all laughed at and we were encouraged to laugh at by the adults because he shit himself and we were encouraged to point our fingers and laugh at him and also when there was another kid called lee who went in the he got taken he got taken home in the middle of the night because he went mental i don't know why i don't know what happened i know he went mental screaming and shouting and he was a bit of a trouble kid anyway he was he was he was kind of um Bully's a strong word. Bully's a strong word. But he was he was trouble. He was... Uh, we kind of would keep away from him at school. He's in the same class as me at school. And uh, we'd keep away from him. Because he'd just go nuts for no reason. And would get quite aggressive and quite violent. I don't know what happened. Anyway. Uh, the last day we went to pool. I remember I found these two rocks on the beach we went to the beach these two rocks that looked like hearts and i thought oh they'll be nice i'm going to paint them and give them to my mum and dad 
Um, and then we went home on the minibus, and it must have been about two and a half, three hour journey. And something, I don't know, something happened on the minibus. I don't know what. But I remember pretending to be asleep for the whole journey home. The whole journey. Because I, I, the way I remember it, as the week had gone on, I kind of shut down, man. And I'd stopped communicating with pretty much anyone. And on the way home, I, uh, uh, I just pretended to be asleep because I didn't want to talk to anyone. And we got there and... Um, uh, Les Cutler laughed at me because I had those rocks and he told my mum and dad and I never did end up painting them I never did give them to them in the end I think I just tossed them out anyway, 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 anyway a few years ago Frank, who was there got um, in touch with me and he sent me this look, look, this is good, listen to this this is from the Kilburn Times <clears throat> a pervert who carried this is from 2011 a pervert who carried out depraved acts on vulnerable boys while working as a volunteer in a scout group in Wilsdon has been jailed. Wilsdon, OK, so that... Yeah, I was in Slough, so it's some distance away. But listen to this. Keith David Cutler... Oh! I remember that name! 57. Sexually abused his victims between 1971 and 1980 with one boy targeted for five years. Hang on a minute, I was in the Cubs in 1981 with Keith David Cutler. Oh, no! Harrow Crown Court heard Cutler was finally snared after one of his victims came forward in March of last year, 2010. The man who is now in his 40s, told detectives he was subjected to five years of abuse by Cutler, including an assault... When they were away on a scouting camping trip. When Cutler was arrested at his home in West Drayton, Middlesex, detectives found him in possession of 238 naked images of children. And part of me wonders, well, was I one of them? Was I don't remember if there were cameras around. It's quite possible there were cameras around. Following his arrest, a second victim was identified and traced, and when police raided Cutler's home again, they found a further 45 indecent images. He was subsequently charged, and following the publicity, a third victim came forward. Today, this is in 2011, he was jailed for four years for ten child sex offences between 71 and 80, and being in possession of 257 indecent images of children. <coughs> He was also placed on the sex offenders register for life. Detective Constable David Gill, investigating officer, said the victims in this case have suffered unimaginably for years. I would like to pay tribute to their immense courage in coming forward and their overwhelming bravery throughout this investigation. And then it goes, um, if anybody is, la, 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 la. and there's a picture of him, and I recognise him. I recognise that guy. That was the guy. That was the man. That was the man that was there that watched me jumping around naked with 49 other kids and then studied us as we had a shower. Now, that's all I remember, right? So, John Ronson does a very funny line, which is kind of inappropriate, but I'm going to say it. Um, he was having a past life regression therapy, I think. And um, the woman taking it said, well, this will help you remember things that you've um, 
suppressed in your childhood, so you've forgotten them. And he said, oh, what kinds of things? She said, well, maybe you were raped as a child. And John Ronson said, well, if I was raped as a child, I think I'd remember that. Now, it's funny, but... Now, I'm not saying I was raped as a child. I, I, I probably, probably got off lightly. My friend, Paul, who is a very wise man, says uh, you, it, it's still sexual abuse. Um, so don't downplay it, because I always go, well... As far as I remember, I wasn't touched. And as far as I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I wasn't raped. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I don't remember being touched. So I was only forced to strip off and humiliate myself as an eight-year-old boy, possibly nine, um, as though that makes a difference, uh, for the, um, the benefit of Keith David Cutler um, and the other people that were present. Now, I don't know if the other people that were present were getting their jollies from it or not. I don't know. All I know is getting any kid to dance around naked for you is, um, is pretty lame, isn't it? It's, it's not the done thing. Anyway, why am I talking about this? Oh, and a, a couple of years ago, one of the people got, um, in, uh, in touch and said, uh, do you remember this? And I went, yeah, I remember this. Because I kind of hinted at it on another radio show. And I'd sort of kept looking online and, and just, just finding little bits out. And he's a guy called Frank. And he sent me that thing about um, Keith Cutler. And um, uh, then he sent me a picture of the scout, the Cubs and the Scouts and all the people. And I, suddenly I remembered all these faces. Remembered all these faces. And we went to the police. We did go to the police. But um without um without we couldn't find anyone who would say they had been you know raped basically and without that the police said well there's not really a lot that we can do which is interesting because one of those people in the story is still working within the scouting community wow gosh hmm hmm yeah anyway um why am I mentioning that? Well, because it's all the rage these days, isn't it? I haven't been able to talk about it. I remember I, I mentioned it on a radio show about eight years ago, and, I, and my mum was listening, and I went and saw my mum, and she was in tears. She said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And I said, because I couldn't tell you, because I was ashamed. I was ashamed. She said, why didn't you tell me and your dad? Your dad would have gone around there and, and you know, done whatever a dad, you know, would think was appropriate to do and I said I couldn't tell you because I was ashamed shortly after that and I love the Cubs shortly after that um I stopped going to the Cubs about two or three months after that I kind of would be sick for a little bit and then I remember they were showing the five doctors the Doctor Who thing and I said actually I want to stand here then they were showing Spider-Man and I want I remember it really vividly it was on a Friday night and I said I want to see or a Thursday I want to see and I just stopped going and it was never mentioned and my mum would say why don't you want to go you used to love it i go ah you know i just don't fancy it i just you know i just don't fancy it so this is why um i feel i have an affinity and that word may be too strong i feel i have an affinity with some people um that come forward years after an event has happened a sexual event has happened against them um and speak out about it 
again, I'm minimising, but, you know, I know that what happened to me is is comparatively nothing, but it was enough to, to um, uh, create a life cycle, a lifetime of shame and self-hatred and a cycle of self-abusive behaviour, right? Not, it wasn't just that. There was other bits and pieces. It was that. Um, and it's all in the papers today, isn't it, with this Barry Bennell gentleman. Now, I don't know any of the names... Well, actually, Alan Brazil is mentioned as a victim on the front page, you know. Um, I don't know a lot of the names, but I'm reading this story about these the, the sexual um, uh, uh, abuse that happened within the football community, and I'm kind of thinking, yeah, and we're surprised why. Why is everyone surprised by this? Isn't it obvious? Isn't it obvious this was going on? You know this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. This is just the tip of the icebergs. This, is go- this has been going on forever in all kinds of places, and it's still going on. It's still going on. And then, and then you go on Twitter tonight, and Eric Bristow, a man I used to worship as a kid. Seriously, we used to love the Crafty Cockney. He sent this tweet, and I, I don't want to make this about Bristow because you know that would be easy. The, the, you know, the real crime is Barry Bennell and, and 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 David Cutler, and you know those are the real criminals. But Bristow is is is, is an idiot, and I'll tell you why. He sent a tweet. In regards to this story, might be a loony, but if some football coach was touching me when I was a kid, as I got older, I would have went back and sorted that puff out. He since tweeted 11 minutes ago, sorry, I meant pedo, not puff. Oh, that's all right then. Um, you kind of have to, you kind of have to forgive Eric Bristow, um, because it's almost impossible for uh, victims of sex abuse to do that. To um, you know, I'm finding it hard even talking about this, and it's bringing. I'm still feeling ashamed of what I was made to do, and my throat's tightening, and my chest is tightening, and um, you know, I thought I thought maybe one day I'd go back and confront Les Cutler and ask him what was going on, but he's dead, so I can't do that, and I don't particularly want to go and see this this Keith Cutler character because. It, 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 what is that going to achieve? So you kind of have to forgive Bristow for thinking it is that easy. It, 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 thinking it is the, the, the way you get over being manipulated and humiliated as a child is you go back to that person and you tell them that they're a complete and a winker and you smack them in the face and then it's all done. You've taken back power. And it doesn't work like that unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever. It doesn't work like that. So I was I was kind of toying telling this story last week, and I'm glad I held off until Bristow, and, and then I was going to make it about Bristow. And Bristow isn't the story. Bristow is just um, a, a, an example of... Um, um, uh, not even an idiot, just someone who doesn't understand um, what it's like to be humiliated as a child and to have the power... Um, kind of completely taken away from you so that you can't even, even 35 years later, people struggle to talk about it. Jesus, all I did was was get stripped off and made to jump around and humiliated. I don't even remember being touched or touching anyone. I can't remember it. So I, I, I pray to God that it didn't happen. Imagine how hard it must be if some kid's been raped. If some kid 
has been forced to get down on their hands and knees and take something one end or the other. Imagine how awful that must feel and how disempowering that must be. Which is why, yeah, it's a shame that Cliff Richard got in the newspapers and it's a shame that Leon Britton got in the newspapers because they were being investigated for stuff that they didn't do. But isn't it great that we investigate these people? When people come forward and say they've been raped, it's great that we investigate it and we take it as uh, a fact. I'm going off on a tangent that's slightly irrelevant, so I'm going to stop. Um, That's the end of my story, dear listener. Thank you for listening. You don't have to call in about that. Don't worry. We can still mess around. I kind of fancied a game of iPod roulette this evening, if anybody's up for that. I'm, I'm feeling lucky. Oh, three. That's how you kill the switchboard, by the way, guys, is spending the first 40 minutes talking about the mild sexual abuse you experienced as a child. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the telephone number. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Postscript. The saddest thing about that whole thing, as far as I'm concerned, not the years of you know self-abuse and self-hatred, is that it means that um, I'm really reluctant to let my boys join the Cubs. Do you know what I mean? And I know, I know that most Cub people that are involved with Cubs are just very passionate people, passionate in a healthy sense um, of wanting to enrich young people's lives. And it's a tiny thing. But and I'm not going to stop my boys joining the Cubs. And obviously, it, perhaps it will make me a little bit more you know, interested in who's there, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one, man. Anyway, oh three, 3 Steve, let me read this, this uh, tweet. I don't doubt your unfortunate experience. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for not doubting me, man. However, many such claims have been proven to be false, which damages the genuine case. No, but we have to treat them all as true, Steve. We have to treat them all as true. Um, so, um, yes. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, we don't have to talk about that, by the way, dear listener. Um, we can talk about anything. We can talk about the fact I've not used uh, deodorant for three days. You know that awful thing? When you run out of deodorant, you think, oh, I'll get some later. I'll get, ah, I'll get some tomorrow. Nah. Um, I haven't used it for three days. And um, my uh, ever-increasing desire to lose weight means I'm spending more and more time at the gym. I did a 45-minute fat burn session today. What that means is I nearly puked up in front of 15 women. That's what it means. It was awful. I did um, uh, fat burns. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I did some last week. And then I did, it's a 45 minute. And this is how much of an idiot I am. I booked in immediately after an hour of yoga. I cancelled the yoga. I thought there's no way I'm going to do it. Because yoga is quite hard work. It's supposed to be breathing and stretching, but it's not. It's painful. A 45 minute fat burn session. I wasn't the worst. I was the second worse there was one woman who was who i noticed there was one woman i was watching and when she stopped i'd do things for another five seconds and then i'd stop so that i wasn't the worst and they have why do they have mirrors in these places it means basically 
I'm staring, and I do, I've, I've, my, my face at the moment, I really like my dad and, and my tummy, because he was a fat man. And I'm st- basically, I'm staring at a fat, sweaty version of my dad looking back at me. And, it, oh, it's unpleasant. It is unpleasant. Jim's is, uh, is weird places, but um, I'm on a waiting list for a spin class tomorrow. And um, I'm doing a fat burn on Wednesday, only half an hour. The thing is, I went Friday. I couldn't go Saturday or Sunday because of um, the kids. Um, and I couldn't walk by Saturday evening and all day Sunday. I couldn't walk. I couldn't lift my arm. The boys wanted me to lift them up. I couldn't lift my arms. And so the thing I found is you have to do it every single day. If you take one day off, everything seizes up. I had, um, this morning, I woke up about two o'clock in the morning. I fell asleep listening to Howard Hughes. Who was the first person on Howard Hughes? Because I fell asleep listening to it, and it was wonderful stuff last night. I I was in bed listening to Bob Mills, which was brilliant. Bob Mills interviewing Jimmy Cricket. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was brilliant. They should put that as a podcast. It was absolutely brilliant. And then I caught about the first hour or so of Howard Hughes, and I drifted off. And I woke up at half one, two, to go for a pee. And I couldn't walk. My legs. It's because I hadn't been to the gym for two days. Outrageous. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. We all need a dose of Caddick. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 Alan. What kind of cake? Lemon drizzle. No, no. No cake, Alan. I'm off the cake. Oh, you're off the cake? I'm off the cake. No cake. Oh, right. Rice cake. (laughs) I'll have a rice cake. Why you cake? You dirty boy. Uh, anyway, do, uh, yes. Got a question to ask you, Ian. Yes, Alan. Are you going to be on over Christmas? Um, I am. T- I'm taking one week off over Christmas. I'm taking. Chris- Christmas is on a su- is Christmas on a Sunday. Yeah, it's on Sunday, so Boxing Day will be on Monday. Yeah, so I'm taking that week off. The twenty, the week beginning the twenty sixth of December, I'm off. But then I'm in on um, the Sunday for the um, the New Year's Eve show. That's Saturday night, New Year's Day. So is it Saturday, New Year's Eve? Yeah, New Year's Eve is yeah. on Saturday. Boom, boom. Then I'm in, then I'm in. Uh, Kath, are you, have you sorted it out? Are you doing, maybe. That, that I'm definitely in four hours, Saturday night, at nine o'clock, going into New Year's Day, and we'll do something special. I don't know what we're going to do yet. I might invite a couple of you guys in if you want to come in, not you, Alan. And, Obviously not me. I'll be at my own New Year's party. Um, and we'll, 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 we'll have a, we'll have a, Fun show that will be an antidote to all those stuffy shows. Let's try, on the New Year's Eve show, let's try not to mention any of the people that have died this year. Like Don't. Mr. Mm-mm, and, and Mrs. Um, Mr. What's his name? Is it, is it, no, I, listen, I heard this on the Bob Mills show last night, right? Is it inappropriate that on the New Year's Eve show, People phone up and tell me who they think will die in 2017, and then we put it in an envelope and we seal that envelope for 12 months. I, I, it's an idea. It's an idea that Bob Mills was talking about in relation to someone else. It's not my completely original idea, but um, is, is it worth doing that, or is that is that um, possibly, Alan? Is that possibly going to activate the curse? We had tempting fate. Yeah, Nick. I didn't know. We could put people on there we didn't like. Like, no tidy beard. Who? No tidy beard. No, I like, I've got, a, I like no tidy beard. 
No tidy maid. So I don't know what we're going to do. It's four hours, so I, I don't know what we're going to do. I might bring um, might bring the drums in. Might bring some bongos in. Play bongos. What about some Japanese music? Yeah, play some Japanese music and some bongos. Has Kath ever heard you play the bongos? I didn't understand the word of that. Has Kath ever heard you play the bongos? Um, she's seen my bongos. And also, we've still got performance <laughs> ring before that. We've got what? Performance ring in December. Oh, performance ring December the eleventh. Yes, that's that's all. Um, that's all exciting. I think we've got nine acts lined up for that, and we might also have a, a round of iPod roulette there as well. And you need me and on Skype to do. Oh something. yeah, yeah, you're going to be on Skype, but maybe you can sing us a song or something. Or I can do a poem. Or maybe yeah. Or maybe you could sing us a song or something. Right, Star Trekking. Why the hell not? You're banned from doing it in your local karaoke bar. You will not be banned from singing Star Trekking on Skype at Performance and Ring. I can do the intros live as well. You can do the in- <laughs> you can do the intros live. That's exactly. I tell you what, Alan. That's exactly what we'll do. Okay. Yeah, it's a, you need my Skype address. Yeah, we'll we'll sort that out. All right, Alan. Nice one. Cheers. Ta ta. Yeah, I forgot Alan's going to be part of Performance Ring on December the eleventh. Um, that's exciting. Speaking of exciting, Kath and I had a very exciting meeting this evening. We're going to be doing a, a new podcast um, where it's going to be uh, in front of an audience. There's tickets for it for January the 24th or something. I don't know. Sunday in January. Um, and um, uh, it's, it, it's going to be a phone-in show. Like, it's pre-recorded phone-in show in front of an audience. Did I ever send you, Kath, the... Um, David Cross sketch from Mr. David Cross popped up in my car when we were we, we were driving in today. Um, it's such a good sketch from Mr. Shaw. I'll send you the link, and it's him doing a pre-recorded phone-in show where they're talking about that because it's it's pre-recorded, then gets transmitted a week later. Have you seen it? And so they're phoning in to talk about last week's topics. He's going, no, we're not talking about that tonight it's i watch it during the news it's so funny it's, it's it's absolutely brilliant anyway it'll be a bit like that um uh, and we're very very excited about it we think this could be the future we think this could be the future russell hey what's up what's happening russell i could do with having alan around <laughs> no, well, in my life things, so things can't things can't be that bad russell surely you don't want a caddick in your life uh, he's a happy man. Well, I, I, I think partly it's down to the medication. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How are you doing, man? How's, are things picking up? Um, no, not really. No? Some bit. Uh, and just an update on the the job. Yeah. yeah. I rang the manager and uh, he asked, I asked him when I'm back. And he said... The radio is down for the next month. Oh. So I rang my father and I asked him to turn on the radio. And the presenter that put me was on. Now, was it, was it, was it a recording, though? Because sometimes when, when radio no. stations close down, they put out old stuff for a month. No, because he said the time and the date and all, all that. So it was, it was live, a, a live show. So what are you going to do? I did say I did reply to your email. Did you get it, Russ? 
I, I didn't actually get it. Because oh, I did say, if you uh, wanted me to email the boss, I, I, I'd be happy to. Well, he won't do a thing about Okay, well, that's your um, decision. Now, the offer is there. That's your decision if you don't want me to do yeah. that, of course. I can't find you, your periscope. There's no you periscope. Never... T- there's no periscope tonight, Russell. I've I've oh, made. I've got. A, I've got a new rule. If I don't feel up to it, I'm not going to periscope. And tonight, I don't feel up to it. So I've just thought, no, oh. not, not bothered. Because I got a new phone and oh. I, I want to check it out. Well, maybe maybe we'll do it tomorrow, Russell. Listen, I've got to go because we're coming up to the top of the hour, and I've, I've missed all my breaks tonight so far. So thank you very much. That offer is open, Russell. If you want me to send a, an email to your boss, I don't know what good it will do, but I will will we'll happily do that. Unfortunately, Rob Bernay will have to uh, come on after the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I'm Bruce McCullough. I'd like to tell you about the Daves I know. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. David Hoffner, he works in my dad's store. He's worked for 12 years, he'll probably work here for more. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. These are the Daves I know, I know. These are the Daves I know. I've known since I was six. In graded, he broke his leg, so we got drunk and sick. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. Some of them are David, but most of us are Dave's. They all have their own hands, but they come from different moms. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know, these are the days I know. Dave Jadiski, man, this cat can swing. He weighs almost 50 pounds and he delivers my paper on time. These are the days I know, I know, these are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know, these are the days I know. Dave Capisano, I hardly know him. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. We are the days he knows, he knows. We are the days he knows. We are the days he knows, he knows. We are the days he knows. Some of us are days, but most of us are days. We all have our own hands, but we come from different homes. These are the days I know, I know. We are the days he knows, he knows. These are the days. Um, during the break, during the break, we were watching the the Mr. Show sketch with the um, pre-recorded show. It's very, very funny. I love Mr. Show. And then that reminded me that I also love Kids in the Hall. You found a Kids in the Hall? It's a Canadian thing, and it's um, it was kind of nineties. You you found you you heard of them, Ed? You know, never heard of them. Our Kids in the Hall are brilliant. They're brilliant because they're hit and miss. And I love things that are hit and miss. I, I think Monty Python is very, very hit and miss. Um, and, and Kids in the Hall are the same. Um, their hits are brilliant, and then they can do quite long, dull sketches that aren't that funny and don't have a punchline. And then they'll, I just think they're wonderful. Anyway, maybe it's time I uh, got on a Kids in the Hall jag. What do you reckon, Rob? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah! Ah! Wait, hey! Ah! All right. Mm. 
Ed, get off him now. Yeah? He's not enjoying it. No. Um, Rob, you will be performing... I will. On Sunday, December the 11th, the I performance will. ring. Have you actually... Now, listen, we are considering... Yes. yes. ...you being the closing act. OK. So there's... there's. I don't want to say there's no pressure, because there's a lot of pressure, but I don't want to say there's a lot of pressure, because I don't want to put pressure on you, but there is a lot of pressure. It's good. I've bought props. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. It's a sold-out crowd. There's going to be a hundred people there, Rob, all waiting to see you do some nonsense. Yeah, it should be fun. Come along. Come along, guys. Oh, it's it, sold out, isn't it? It's sold out, yeah. It's, it's sold out. The, the, no, this, refunds. No, no refunds. No refunds. No refunds, guys. <laughs> Very if, clear. If you, uh, if you want refunds, then please stay in your seat after the show. Uh, we'll nip outside and um, uh, just sort out all the money in the car as we're driving home. Thanks very much. Good night. God bless. There you go. What you got for us, Rob? Not spoken to you for a while. Apologies. Work's been nuts. Um, let me, hang on, I can do a joke there. Unless you've got a joke already lined up. No. Um, uh, oh, go, 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 go on, go, go on, do it, say that again. Apologies, work's been nuts. What, are you a monkey? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I could have gone, I could have gone for, you know, Gohones, and I thought, no, I'm better than that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, 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 an all-round entertainer. There you go. Thank you very much indeed. Speaking of which. Yeah. Four weeks to Christmas, Ian. Hey. And you know what? Yeah. One of the worst things in the world for some of your listeners will be waking up alone on Christmas morning. It'll be lonely this Christmas. We yeah. all want that person to cuddle, yeah. buy us a present. Yeah. And there's a name for those people. Yeah. Losers. Oh. They can't pull. I'm joking. But <laughs> I've been preparing this. Yeah. I was going to take it to TED Talks, but tonight... <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Benet's Guide to Seduction hey! to allow you to have a wonderful Christmas morning. Beautiful. So, it's a very simple solution. It'll take two minutes to run through this. Okay, Ian? Yes. Could you please play a prospective stranger? Uh, certainly. Would you like to be male or female? We can do gender fluid. Um, I'll be male, please. You're going to be male? Okay. Now, here's the thing. Ian is probably, what, a four or a five? What do you mean a four or a five? A four or a five. What do you mean? A four, come on. Out of what, ten? You're not Bruno from Strictly, you know. I would say, I would say, um, um, who's that guy that's married to Ola? James. I'm James who's married to Ola. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, and I'd say I'm about an eight, like him. Right, okay. Well, it's fun to see, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm less, I'm less mental. You're an eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Yeah. Everyone looks at that prospective partner and thinks they're out of my league. Yeah. They're just as insecure as you are. Oh. And if you're listening to this right now, they're worried about the way they look. They're worried about the way yeah. they interact. Yeah. yeah. And all it takes is two simple things. Mm. You ask them a question, you give them a compliment, and you need to have your mobile phone ready. Okay. I've got literally no idea what you're talking about. So, right. Ian, you're at the tube station. Yes. This is the way to get rid of, tu- you know, Tinder and Grinder, which are just oh. sex things. Sex things. We S- don't want them. Sex thing, sex thing. You're my sex to- thing. <laughs> this is how to get a relationship. Yep. Okay, so, 
I walk up to you, Ian. You're on the central line. Yes. I know I need to go to Fleet Street. Now, here's the thing. I know Fleet Street isn't on the line. Fleet Street doesn't have a station. But this is the thing. Just, I know this. What? You know this. What? But I'm going to pretend I don't. Okay. To get talking to you. Yeah. So I walk up to you and I go, oh, excuse me, you've got a kind face. Who Role me? Play. Who me? Yes. Oh, thanks. Oh, could you tell me, is Fleet Street Station on this tube line? Dunno. Oh, it's just I've got to go to the hospital. What, in the ho- Fleet Street Hospital? Yeah, yeah. I've got to go for an operation to have my penis reduced. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go for coffee? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. There you go. Simple as that. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. That Good pr- luck. Well, yeah, thank you very much indeed. Well, um, that's certainly given us something to think about. Do you really have a clue what was going on then? Uh, he's he's going to be the closing act on the Christmas performance ring. Aye, really. Oh, dear, dear. I um, went to a really good kid's sixth birthday party on Sunday morning. It was it was brilliant, right? It was absolutely brilliant. First of all, f- there was food for the adults. Well, first of all, we were told it was 10 till 12, right? And, and f- so what we, we're in this sort of big hall, and they'd hired a um, bit of money. They'd hired these um, little electric cars and a track. And so the kids were bu- buzzing around this, this track. And come 12 o'clock, right, when we thought the party was finishing, so we're all starting to leave. They went, oh, no, 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 we've got food upstairs. Beautiful. And um, they didn't just have food for the kids. They had a a buffet for the adults. And um, it was all kind of spicy meats and and samosas. Oh, it was was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, my my youngest, it gets very shy. It it takes after me in in groups, okay? It gets very shy. And... um, he did not want to drive these cars. And I, I, I knew that he'd love it. I knew that he'd love it. So we wangled it so that I could sit on the car. And I, I started driving it. And then I said, oh, can you take over for a minute? And then once he took over, boom, he was away. And he was so thrilled because after the two hours of racing, I think he got about five or six goes on there. Um, at the end, the, 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 the people that were organising the driving, they had three trophies, these tiny little trophies about the size of an egg cup to give away. And um, obviously the birthday boy got one, obviously. And then another kid got... And then my youngest got a trophy because the guy recognised that he was quite nervous about it. Um, uh, but then he'd been very brave. And my youngest... Because the eldest has won a couple of judo trophies and has got, he's got a couple of things, you know, and medals and things. And my youngest had never won a trophy before. He'd never won a trophy. He was over the moon. All day he's carrying this trophy around. We went out to um, the new Japanese restaurant that's next door to the old Japanese restaurant. He bought the trophy with him. He had to drink from the trophy. We're drinking from his tiny little trophy. He went to bed and he fell asleep in his brother's bed while I was doing the ironing. And I went to get him out. He fell asleep clutching his trophy. Oh, and he kept. He took it into school today to show um, his teacher. He kept saying, "I've never won a trophy before. I've never won a trophy before." Anyway, um, so it was a really, really nice party. And I didn't know that the, the family. It was, a, the, 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 it was a friend of my my boys, so I didn't know that I hadn't met the family, and um, we're chatting to them. They'd really made a lot of effort, a lot of effort, and and they, it was superb. The food. The cars, everything was absolutely out of this world. Really was a top-class party. Except one thing, right? The children's entertainer. Well, I'd, well <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be rude, right? But um, 
He didn't ask stink of fags. Uh, re- really, it was this old guy. And um, he had this red shirt on. I remember the, uh, the it was very sweaty under the pits. And the bottom button had come undone. And um, he was doing balloon models first. Right. And he's doing the balloon models. He's got these kids around him doing the balloon models. And over in the corner, he's obviously brought in this giant Spider-Man balloon. It's obviously a bit pricey. I imagine he uses it, reuses it. I don't know. And he's making a, some flowers for a girl. And he goes, you want some flowers? Put that down! Put, put the Spider-Man down! Make your balloon. He went back. And I just remember thinking, that's weird. Now, wasn't my party, so I didn't have to get involved. Wasn't my child, so I didn't have to get involved. But he then stopped to do some magic. And I kept filming him surreptitiously. And then I'd stop. Then when I'd stop, he he would tell a kid off again. He would just tell these kids off. It was the funniest thing. And it wasn't in a, my act is being a bit, stop with you, stop doing that. It was, will you stop doing that? And um, he had loads of teeth missing. So you couldn't really understand what he was, um, what he was saying. <laughs> you couldn't understand what he was saying. And I just looked at him. He did some pretty good magic tricks, right? And I just thought, because a lot of these people obviously get, um, it's word of mouth, isn't it? And I thought, I ain't recommending him to nobody. It was a brilliant party. And, and, you know, the kids didn't notice it, so it was fine. And the kids enjoyed the magic. And and I say the food was out of this world, guys. It's a real lesson on on how to throw a a kid's party with a side buffet for the adults. It was wonderful. Really nice uh, family as well. I was talking to the dad a bit. Um, But this guy was just inappropriate children's entertainers, stinking of fags and um, shouting at the kids. It was the weirdest thing. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. My name is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Sorry, guys. I'm um, busy sending some texts because we're going to get Chaz and Dave on the show one night. That's what we're going to do. I'm just texting my friend Paul. Um, but what we might do, Kath, is we might go and meet Chaz and Dave. Yeah, that's what we might do. He said, do you want them in the studio or on the phone? Or I said, well, because Paul is um, uh, Chaz's son-in-law. Yeah, I've always got to think. Even though I, know. I said, well, any chance we can go and meet the guys? And uh, he said, yeah, I'll sort it out. Boom. Get them round the old Joanna. Playing a few songs, telling a few stories, bishy bashy boshy, beautiful. Good evening, dear listener. This is uh, Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. It's a late night phone in show, unlike any other uh, phone in show. Heavy start, but it doesn't have to be a heavy rest of the show. Um, Robin Ince, the comedian and the host of the co host of The Infinite Monkey Cage on Radio 4, wrote a really good, uh, re- really good review um, uh, in The Big Issue about uh, the show, about the work that me and Ed and Catherine uh, uh, do, and, and you do as well, dear listener, your contributions to it as well. Uh, and do you know what? I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't find anybody that was selling The Big Issue, but I have read it. And um, he mentions the um, um, clunky gear changes that we do. And um, I'm glad he did, because I think it's a real integral part of this show, is that we can be talking, oh, I don't know, 
like just just talking complete and utter tosh, and then go to something really really heavy, and then straight away go. We start talking about a song called "These Are the Daves I Know I Know," uh, and I like that. I like that. I tr- I've tried for too long to um, try and cover up the clunky gear changes with a bit of music or a sting or um, a, a, a gentle segue, and then when I was at the BBC. It dawned on me, well, no, you, that is what life is. Life is clunky gear changes. And, and, and conversations are clunky gear changes. You know, you'll be at a funeral and you'll be in tears one minute and then the next minute you'll be pissing yourself laughing because you're remembering something that your, that your dead dad or your dead nan did. And then you'll be, then that will take you off in a conversation. Then you remember why you're there. So you'll go back to being upset. And then you that is kind of what life and conversations are. They're clunky gear changes, you know. So I'm glad he picked up on that because it's something I, I, I'm, I'm quite proud that we, uh, that we do really. And, and we don't go, well, and that was the end of, uh, look, look, let me, hang on a minute. Let me, this, this is what it would be like. Hang on. Let me, um, let me get my sound effects up. Hang on, hang on a second. Um, um, okay, so it would be... Oh, I haven't got any bits of music. Hang on. Um, Prove it. No? What? Prove it. What? Prove it. Okay. Okay, yeah. So we go... Um, and that was a really sad thing about um, starving children. Now, if you're feeling hot, 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 no, maybe that's too much of a clunky gear change. Hang on a minute. I'm trying to find... I haven't got... Um... Hello? 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 I can't believe what I'm listening to. I haven't got any stabs of music, so I can't I- I- illustrate it. But you, if you don't get my point, then what the hell are you? Dana? Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. No cake! No cake, no. No cake. No cakey for me. I'm off it as well, so Catherine, we're, we're all we, off the cake. Catherine and I went for a healthy Nando's um, uh, before the show, and I had, um, well, I had, uh, what was it called? Like It looked like a deposit. That stuff I had. What was it? It was like pulses. Was it pulses or something? It was called pulses. Super grains, that was it, super oh, grains. And it, 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 more like super stains. It was, um, and Kath had chips. And she offered, oh. she offered me chips, Dana, and do you know what? I didn't have any chips. Yeah, you I said no. I didn't you, have any you, chips. And we, we normally, good. they do really good desserts in Nando's. Like really good, sort of like chocolate fudge cake and stuff, right? And you resisted. We got up and went out. We got <gasps> up. We went out. We so didn't have any. I am an inspiration, Dana. I'm going to do that, it. That's what they are. Talk radio needs to have big posters. Yeah. Italy, an inspiration. That's what they didn't is. have pudding. Yeah, we didn't have no pudding. There we go. He didn't have no I, pudding. I'll ring up your uh, PR department tomorrow. And um, suggest that. I, listen, Dana, I've worked here for eight months. I didn't know we had a PR department. <laughs> what have you got well, for us, Dana? We'll club together and, and we'll, yes, exactly. we'll we'll do a poster for you. I wanted to know, did you want to play a game? Yeah. Not a very good game. Oh. Guess where I've been this evening. Okay. Okay. You've been to the theatre? No. Okay. I passed the theatre. Oh, oh, clues! So early. Oh, did you do your upside-down um, fitness class? 
No, that's this Saturday. Okay. Right. okay. Um, and depending on how that goes, we'll, we'll let you know next week. So I met a friend. Yeah. Who I haven't met in a long time. Yeah. And we then went into we were in central London. Yeah. And then guess where we went? Okay, we're still we're still playing the game. We're still yeah. playing the guess where Dana went game. Um uh, in central London. Oh, mm-hmm. did you go to Quasar, Laser Quest? No. Nope, no, you didn't do you didn't do Laser Quest. No, nope, but in some ways it, it, sometimes it felt like I was in a place like that. Hey, there know? was um there was a st- did I read this story in the papers or did I dream it? Really this is a sad story and I have to say this because often I you know, I'll tell stories and they're funny, right? Yeah. But um no I must have I must have this couldn't have been a news story. That you know you know Laser Quest. Yeah. Right. That um this is a true story that someone fell and crushed someone. So you know when you go to Laser Quest, right? If you haven't got enough people for a game, they'll match you up with someone else. Yeah. And so, like a group of like they weren't quite squaddies, but a group of grown men went Ooh. and played Laser Quest, but they weren't enough. They didn't have enough for a full game, so they got paired up with like Kiddie's eleventh birthday party. Oh, sounds bad. And um, one of the the blokes fell on one of the kids and <gasps> killed him. No. I know, isn't it? That's, oh, that's terrible. Isn't it awful? I mean, Ooh. that's just outrageous. First thing, outrageous for so many levels. First of all, I thought all of the laser quests had gone in the country. Secondly, what were they thinking? Pairing yeah, that... big hulking men up with kids. What the hell no, no, were they thinking? That, that doesn't work. Yeah. No, no. But but clunky gear change. Guess where I was this evening? Oh, um, oh yeah, we still, we still haven't done it. Um, I don't know. I give up. Where were you? I ended up in sex shops. My God, things have changed in my day. <laughs> um, what what were you doing in sex shops? Well, my friend had ordered something. Oh, so he said, "Let's go to Old Compton Street." My um, friend, my friend had ordered something. <laughs> All right, Dana, that's fine. And what had your friend ordered, Dana? Well. I didn't want to make him really... So I stood away while he went up to the... the see, originally his order, it seems, was cancelled, so we had to go to another sex shop. Yes. So we went into two, and he did some brows. I didn't want to embarrass him too much, yeah. because I think he felt a bit uncomfortable. So I don't really know what he bought. He bought something made of metal, and I think it goes on... I think it does something down there for men. But anyway, but I just stood there. Like is, it, is it... Uh, is it... Um... Oh God! I don't. Is it? Is it uh, ring? Is it a ring? It was, yeah, I think so. But it, yeah. it seemed like it was. I, I did see it slightly. It's like a coiled one. It seems to be there's like a brilliant. There's rings. a brilliant. Again, this is a little bit naughty. Okay, so if you got well, they won't get it because it's high frequency. They were talking about Mister Show. There's a brilliant sketch on Mister Show where it's an. They do an advert for this item, and. <laughs> the, the, the kind of character that promotes it is a cockerel. <laughs> we got brass ones. We got wooden ones. We got glass ones. We got marble ones. It's uh, there, really... well, there were loads of those around, but I'm just standing there in this basement in in this this sex shop with two other blokes looking at some getting quite yeah happy with each other. But yeah. you know, I'm trying not to notice that. My friend in the other corner chatting to the assistant buying his rings. Yeah, and I just didn't know where to look. There's yeah. just no rubber things everywhere. 
as a son of them. I don't know. <laughs> It was painful looking at them. I haven't been in a sex shop for a long, long time, for like years, right? <laughs> um, uh, but but the the thing to do when you're in there, yeah, walk around like you own the like you're in Marks and Spencers or something. That's Go right, okay. What have we got? What are, uh, have you got these? Out. Have you got these in size <laughs> too tight? No. Okay. Fine. Green. Thank you. Yeah, you got to walk around like you own the place. So you got all the the whips and the chain. Okay, um, um, this is now. Look at this. This looks good. And you got to, you got, of course, you got to do all that stuff. Oh no, I did, but I still felt, I still felt a bit out of place. But I did. I was picking things up, looking at things. I got the camera out, took a couple of crafty pictures. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was. Yeah, that's the last place I would have expected to have gone today. Well, Dana, I didn't um... expect my little trip down the Cold Compton Street like. Well, Old Compton Street is um, is full of them. Oh yeah, I know, and it, and it's not like it used to be. It's mm. so much more touristy, and it's car it's it's cleaned oh, up. Oh, because that now. area, the old days. Yeah, that area. It used to be. Um, it used to have those the, the peep shows. It used to have the yeah, peep yeah. shows in it, and and um, you'd have the, be standing outside. Yeah. And, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was loads, and the CD so cinema. It was. It was yeah. grubby. But but but. Is Madam huh. Jojo still there? Or is that gone? No, it's gone. They were going to. Yeah, I knew they were going to get rid of it. Um, I know it's gone. Which is which is. Uh, it, Soho should be seedy, and Soho yeah, should yeah. be grubby because yeah. it always has been, and it's that whole thing of gentrification. Yeah. And um, yeah, there were there were there were prostitutes and stuff, and yeah, there was you know if you stood there long enough, you get someone trying to sell you drugs. But 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 uh, there are certain parts of town. Towns should have big towns, cities should have certain parts that are a bit grubby. Camden yeah. is gone now. Camden is all completely but, gentrified. Oh no, it is. It is. It's, it's awful. Too touristy. It's, 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 it's a tourist yeah. place. Like it's like Carnaby Street. Carnaby Street, of course, yeah. in the sixties was the place. You go there now. It's yeah. awful. Terrible now, place. Kensington Market again. That's yeah, not Kensington, what it used oh, to be. All these places. Kensington Market. Yeah. I never forget. Right. Me and my um, friend Malcolm, when we were in the sixth form, we had this brilliant teacher called Mrs. Williamson, who we could wrap round our finger, and we were in the sixth form, and we were going. She was really up for um, uh, students um, uh, kind of thinking outside the box and being creative mm-hmm. outside. And we decided we were going to have um, a country and western night at school, yeah. right? Which, which never came off because we just couldn't organise it. And she get this, right? She gave us the day off school in the sixth form. We're in Slough, so we could go to Kensington Market. <laughs> to get ideas and inspiration for a country and western night. What we did was we, we um, went and bought legal highs and um, bootlegs. That's what we did. <laughs> She's fun. the same yeah, woman, the same teacher, who would let Andrew Lamb um, have <laughs> afternoons off school, right, in the sixth form, so we could go to the Rotunda Club, which was opposite the school, and practice snooker because he told her he wanted to become a professional snooker player. Brilliant. Oh, Sounds perfect. Absolutely. And we got we went up to London and we just we did we bought legal highs and we bought loads of bootleg tapes and um and we may have even gone to see a peep show. I couldn't possibly comment. Outrageous <laughs> behaviour, Dana. Outrageous. But fun days though. Fun Fun days. Happy memories. So yes, I've had a wonderful evening and my eyes have been open slightly because yeah. I haven't been in a shop like that for years. Well they so. have they have things that will open your eyes slightly as well. Oh you yeah, I'm oh, sorry, I misunderstood. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm Ian Lee, this is Talk Radio. Late night Ian Lee on air and off the on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um someone tweeted 
to me and Paul Ross earlier in the week, or last week. I've just got my phone bill in. All of my calls to talk radio are free! Um, and they are free for, for a lot of you. If not, they'll, they'll only cost you a few pence. Anyway, we call you back. Um, and it, it, it oh, I keep saying this, but I know that we get new listeners or people that kind of tune in a bit during the show and, and, and they miss this. If you're looking for the peg, if you're looking for the handle, if you're waiting for the question for this hour, it's not how we do it. It's not how I do it on uh, Late Nights with Ian Lee. Um, I, I sit here and I talk about stuff that kind of just comes out or stuff that's happened at the weekend or, or stuff that pops in my head. And you are welcome to call in at any point about any of the stuff I'm talking about or about none of it. There is no theme. There is no question per hour there's no topic no rules the only rules are the legal ones you can't swear and you can't be libelous that's fine i've got dumb buttons that's covered i can cover that um but you can't call in about brexit or trump unless you think you have something completely unique to say that's not been said on a phone in radio show about trump or brexit before and you won't, because it's all been said before, guys. It's all been said. There's nothing new. And we have um, one guy, a gentleman called Barry, not the good, not the good Barry, another Barry, who um, um, tried to come up with something original about Trump and failed miserably. Um, so that, that's the only rule. Oh, three. With that in mind. 0344-499-1000. Katia. Hello. Hey, up. Are you a duck? My buck? <laughs> duck, duck, duck. That's what they say here. Duck, duck, duck goose? Duck, duck. Yeah. Hi, hiya. Hiya. Uh, what, uh, they, what did they say? Hiya, duck. Ducky. Hiya, duck, ducky. <laughs> oh. I've literally never heard anyone say, hiya, duck, ducky. No, 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 you added the duck, the key. Hiya, duck, chook. What's up? What's up? That's how they say, hiya, duck, chook. Yeah. Hiya, duck, chook. <laughs> are, they, are you in Chinatown? <laughs> yeah. Why? Like here's, a, here's a question, right? Ooh. Yes. Here's a question. Why in every town is there a Chinatown? What is it with the Chinese? Uh, I there's one in Grantham. Yes, there it's is. It's not a town, is it? Well, it's, 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 oh. well, it's, there will be then. There'll be a Chinatown. And I just, and I, I'm glad there is. It's not, you know, I'm glad there is because I love Chinese, I, I love the Chinese food. I love walking down the Chinatown. I love all the, 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 the horrible waxy looking ducks they've got stuck in their windows. <laughs> and I love all, I love all of that stuff, right? But why? Why? Why is it that the, the Chinese, I mean, obviously, we feel we, we congregate with people who are similar. I understand that. But then um, they, like, take over bits of the town. I wonder why that is. And yet, if you if it was to be... If, like, instead of Chinatown, they had Romania town mm. or Polish town, mm-hmm. they'd get bricks through the windows. Mm. Because it's the Chinese... Maybe it's they're scared of the Kung Fu. Yeah, maybe it's that. I don't, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Because of the food, probably. Yeah, but then how many, the how many Chinese restaurants 
Can one man eat in on his own? The oh. answer is many. Yeah. Many Chinese restaurants. Good question. Well, many, Confucius, he said, many Chinese restaurants for many men. Right, well, that's the thing with um, uh, Trump and Brexit has driven me to become a pervert now, I think, probably. Um, because I'm so tired of it all. It's been two weeks. I haven't listened to um, speech radio at all. No more James O'Brien. Can you? Oh, I can't believe that I'm not listening to him anymore. Well done. The, the, no. the, the beginning of the, the cure has started, Katia. No. The cure has started. <laughs> torture i love him but i can't i can't i really can't he was talking about um his semen today that's well, true yeah. he was talking about his semen today yeah so oh. you so um oh yeah so, so you missed out you missed out on the juicy story there i did yes mm. but i thought you know i just um it's boring. This is the, the whole Trump yeah. uh, uh, Brexit thing is boring. It's wearing off a bit now. But I, I sus- well, well, no, the Brexit thing keeps. Hey, there's a brilliant. Um, um, where have I? Where have I got this? Oh, it's in the Sun. Uh, let me find the Sun. Hang on a second. There's a brilliant picture. You know, um, Theresa May has come out and she said, "Don't worry about Brexit, guys. I've got it covered. God is going to be my guide." <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. So she's, honestly, she's come out and said, yeah, my strong Christian beliefs will help us in Brexit. All right, Teresa, we're being led by a fairy story. We're going to exit Europe because of a fairy story. Anyway, she's in the, um, I wonder where, is it in this interview? Um, I'm just, uh, she talks about um, chillaxing. Um, What was that? That's my chair. That's what they, all right, that's what they all say. Another one. Um, she doesn't say... I can't find it. Anyway. Um, so there's a picture of her relaxing in her flat. And she's just one of us, guys. Theresa May is just one of us. She's just wearing a, a, a nice comfy jumper, some pumps, um, uh, some leather trousers. She's just one of us, yeah? <laughs> the nice... Comfy jump jumper costs four hundred and ninety-five pounds. She's just one of us. We're all in this together. The pumps, the pumps, trainers. They're two hundred and ninety-five pounds. We're all in this together, Katya. Wow. The leather trousers. Leather trousers. Leather wearing brown. She is. I swear to God, brown leather flares. Guess how much. Um, 720. Miles off. A thousand pounds. 995 pounds. She's one of us. She's just wearing trousers that cost a thousand pounds. Just like we all do when we're at home. Her entire outfit, we don't even know what underwear she's wearing. Victoria's Secrets, anyone? Her whole outfit that we can see costs just shy of 17... No, it's more than that. It's eighteen hundred pounds, one thousand eight hundred pounds. She's wow. she's just one of us. Yes, she's just one of us. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm. And Calm she down. looks awful. <laughs> she looks like 
Oh. A man! And she does. She looks terrible. Oh. She looks absolutely terrible. She's friendly and she's cuddly and she's warm. She's one of us. We're all in this together. Brexit's not going to affect her. Her trousers cost a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds for a pair of strides, Katia. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. A thousand pounds. Leather. It says here that they've broken it down. What the choices mean? Leather asserts fashion prowess, but in brown instead of black to avoid suggesting sex appeal. Don't worry. It doesn't matter what trousers she... She could be wearing crotchless PVC trousers. It would not assert sex appeal to me. (laughs) You're off on a rant, are you? (laughs) Katia, we'll find out why you've called in after this. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 03444991000. Katya, did we get to the point of your call, the meat and two veg, so to speak? Sort of. Not yet, no. No. Okay. Um, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay, then, no. (laughs) No. Um, What was the sentence first that I wanted to say? Can't remember now. I had it all in my head. It's all gone. Um, uh, yes, I, I know. Huh? I know. Okay, well, I'm uh, I'm making another uh, documentary. Okay. Yes, uh, it's probably going to take me a long time. Cause there's a lot of work. What's it? What is it? A making of the making of your last documentary? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> uh, it's about uh, it's about beards. I'm going to go to beard conventions and oh. if we. That does something really special with their beards. Mm-hmm. Um, can you forward them on to me? No. Why? Oh, I don't know. Any- what do you mean? Someone who does something really special with their beards? Yeah. No, but what does, but what does that mean? Like a painting. There's a guy who paints with his beard. I'm uh, tracking him down. So something like that. Wow, that sounds. It does sound actually brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't know anyone who does anything weird with their... Hang on a minute. Craig, have you got a beard? No, I do not. <laughs> so he does, no, he does not. If you I'm had a beard, a beard would you do anything weird with it? Probably rub my... Steady, steady, steady! finger into it. Steady, come on, guys. Thinking. Come on, guys. Um... Okay, Katia, we'll we'll put out um, the word that you're looking for people who um, use their beards for something other than beards. With that, or if they are on a, they they call that a beard journey. If you, uh, yes, if you want to grow it really long and uh, etc., then these people are called beard journeys people, something like that. So if you are, please contact me. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Katia. Um, Gosh. Um, Craig. Hello, Ian. Hello, Craig. Well, I wanted to just talk about swear words, yep. but firstly, someone's nicked your idea. You know when you said about putting cold water in a pan to defrost us? Well, for those who don't, right, if you want meat, you want to defrost it. You get the meat, you put it on a metal baking tray, cold. You get um, uh, room temperature water. Or is it cold water? I can't remember. In a pan. Then you put the pan on top of the meat. You don't put the meat in the water, and that will defrost the meat in I minutes. Was, I was watching telly today. Thorboard. Huh? You can buy a Thorboard. Thor? What? Like the god the god Thor? T-H-A-W. 
A Thorboard? Yeah. What? Well, but why? How much does that cost? I didn't see the price, but it was one of those like uh, where you can, used to be able to buy in Woolworths and all that type of shop. But, oh, like Robert Dyer's and thing. Yeah, one of those uh, in all good weird bookshops. But yeah, so they're selling a Thorboard. You missed out on that one. Well, no, because I like to give out. Anyway, I just googled it. Under yeah. it, it's what is known as, and it's a phrase I, I dislike. A life hack. It's a yeah. life. You're hacking life. Like you're hacking a computer game. It's you're a bit hacking life. Isn't it? Hey, I saw a film today. Oh, good. Yeah. I watch cowboy films all day today. I don't like cowboy films. I love them. I've never gone. This I watched this film called Ex Machina. Oh yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. With the uh, sexy robots. Identity. Yeah. She's a trickster, isn't she? She's, I mean, all of those robots have got to be some of the sexiest robots I've ever seen in yeah, my with, life. With no hair and yeah. a strange head, and yes, so attractive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was, for those who've not seen it, it's a little bit dr- slow, and in some places I'm going to say it boring. Yeah. But it's good with, I would say it's, Kind of a twist. It, well, it's a twist. It's not the strongest. Tri- it's not the strongest twist in the world. But it was quite a nice twist. Artificial intelligence is the new zombies, isn't it? Is it? Well, you know, with that um, Westworld. Oh, uh, I refuse to watch that. Oh, that's quite handy. It's all right. It'll get. It'll end disappointingly. Yeah, you didn't like the end of Lost, did you? No, 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 no of course not, because it was rubbish. What, the end of Lost, the end of Lost, right? It turns out, right? The last, the whole entire se- last series of Lost, they're in purgatory, and they've probably been there for about five hundred years. Then they go to a church where the stained glass windows have got all the signs of all the religions, and they're waiting for Jack to realise he's dead. Then he realises he's dead, and then they open a door and they go off to heaven. But what rubbish. Like, what could they have done? There's nothing really that works. No, there? Uh, there is. And I, I, there is, because um, shortly after Lost finished, I had to have a, um, uh, an operation on my anus. And they gave me um, Codidromol, I think, and Tramadol. <laughs> Tramadol is a, is a heroin substitute. It's a very, very strong painkiller. And I would, t- every time my because um, you've got a, a pulse in your anus, and every time my pulse went, my anus would hurt. You have. So I got, um, I, I was popping uh, tramadol like nobody's business, and I dreamed a much better ending to Lost than the one they came up with. Would you like to hear it? Of course. Thank you. So, right, so, you know, right, so they're on the island, and they get off the island, and they have to go back in time... There's all, that, there's all that time travel and stuff, right? Uh, well, I never what? watched it, but come on. Hang on a minute. You never watched it. And I watched the last episode. I do that with shows I don't watch. You utter... Right, anyway. So they, what happens is they go back in time, and they end up going back in time so far that it turns out it's them that's made them go to the island. So they're a kind of in, 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 in an internal time loop. Right. Where it was always them, like back in the 50s, that made them go to the island. And so okay. then they, then they like, die. For the purpose of? Well, I was high, I was <laughs> very, very high on a powerful narcotic, legal. Yeah. 
and I did not come up with, it wasn't completely finessed, but I remember dreaming it and thinking, oh, this is brilliant, this is much better than the proper ending. And basically, so they so they go back into like the 50s, they'd, they'd set everything up so they ended up on the island, then they'd die, then they'd be born and they'd have their lives and they'd end up on the island and they'd have to go back in time to the 50s and they would forever, infinity. Oh, and you could have a room for the writers to work out the rest. No, that's that's pretty much it. That's all, it's better than their rubbish ending that they had. All right, good. Anyway, what have you got for us? Swearing, yeah? yeah. I won't use any words, okay. but swearing. Yeah. Do you know, like, because I'd be looking at America and Britain, yeah. the T word in America, they pronounce twat. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Let me take you back in time. I told you a lot about my childhood, but when I was... T- t- 11, t- 11 years old before it was, I was in um, uh, middle school before I went to grammar school right and we had um, uh, a thrusting young sports teacher I think it was called Mr Gardiner okay. he had a glass eye and um, I was messing around in assembly as was my want and I remember he grabbed me and pulled me away from my friend and he went stop being such a twat. And I'd never heard that word before, and I've not really heard the word twat that often in the ensuing 33 years. Well, now I've noticed it, it comes out a lot in Americans. It's a different, but it's a different word, it's a different thing, it means something, I think they both mean, well, do they both mean... Well, and a pregnant fish, apparently, as well, isn't it? Well... Yeah. And in Canada, because the F word is okay, oh. when it's MF, they blank out the mother part. Wow, is that funny? Yeah. The word, this is, we were, Kath and I were sort of talking about this to a certain extent the other day when the, the N word, and um, I was, it was in a, 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 a fat burning class at the gym last week, and the N word right, was yeah. being That's played. Got me thinking about the hip hop soundtrack. I got my ends in the graveyard, my ends in the state yard. What he means, he's got dead ends and he's got ends in prison. Um, because that's the life of, of an N. The song is, yeah, it's the song, the song's portraying. And I, and it's easy for me to say from a place of white middle class privilege, but I, you know, the N word is just a, is just a word, and I know that it is weighted yeah. down and all these things, but I do think that we should be able to, in certain forums, not necessarily on the radio, but we should, in certain forums, be able to say that word. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I'm, in fact, I remember, I remember when I started working on Big Brother. You get a thing called a compliance meeting. It was the strangest meeting. You get a compliance meeting, right? And it was me. Rylan and the lady with the eyes. What's her name? Emma Wilson. Willis. Emma Willis. That Willis, was it. Yeah. And we were in this trailer just around the back of the Big Brother set and we had our compliance meeting. We had a, 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 a lawyer, the Channel 4 lawyer who was from New Zealand and this this woman. I can't, I can't remember either of their names. And um, they talk about what you can and can't say. And that year they had... Um, a guy from a boy band in, I can't remember who it was, but he was a white guy, but he pretend he, he was one of those people that, that associates himself with black culture. And they were saying, right, okay, so this is me doing a New Zealand accent. No, it wasn't Dappy, it wasn't Dappy. It might have been Dappy, it doesn't matter. I'm from New Zealand. So, what might happen if um, Dappy comes on the show... And he starts saying, end this, end, you're an end. Uh, but he wasn't saying the N-word, he was saying the M-word. So Dappy could come on and he could be going, you're an N, you're an N, I'm an N, um, we're all ends. What, what would you do? 
And I'd say, well, I'm not going to say N, am I? And this whole time we're... And we have this, this free and frank discussion about N's. <laughs> and it was... The word. <laughs> in the word. And it was... It was... We were sniggering a bit. Oh. But it was... <laughs> so I didn't, I, oh, God. It was, I want his see? job. Do you see? I've, I've just said a word that contains that word, and I didn't mean to. It's a, yeah, it's a minefield, isn't it, Craig? Amazing, isn't it? Anyway, it's a minefield, Craig, and on that bombshell. It's funny, isn't it? I can't say the N-word, but I can say we were sniggering. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not... I'm, I'm sort of making light of it, but I'm just making light of the, the rules that we impose upon ourselves um, uh, 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 and we tie ourselves up with. On that bombshell, let's take a break. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A new kind of talk radio. We'll get you talking. Talk radio. Another hour to go. Do you listen? The switchboard is empty. I'm quite happy to sit here and look through the papers. And if you want to chip in at any moment, you're more than welcome. Now is an excellent time to call. 0344 499 We call you back. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
It's a whole album of Japanese Beatles covers. Hi. Um, Kabuto Muishigen. But it's, it's early um, Japanese Beatles. It's early Beatles. I'm not such a big fan of the early Beatles. I like the later Beatles. I've got an album. Where is that? I don't have a clue what it would be on. This is the problem, you see. I've got all this rubbish on here. Oh, this is a woman I met in Japan who was playing the ukulele and she was cute. Hang on. Oh. Good, isn't she? Mm. Uh, someone she was selling CDs in the boot of her car. Um, but where were the Japanese? I've got a whole album of... Um, Beatles is um, Japan. No, it's not. I wouldn't have a clue where to start. This is the problem. Um, oh, is this it? Hang on a minute. Uh, no, it's not on this computer. Um, I don't know, Catherine. I, I can't. You've got too you. much stuff. I've got. I've got a, a bit too much stuff on here. Um, I'm unable to find the Japanese. What's this? Is this something? Hang on. <laughs> Not a clue what that is. No. Not a clue. Frenetic. Oh, this could be it. This could be it. Here we go. No, it's knock on wood played on a recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've, I haven't got a clue, Catherine. Do you know what you remind me of? Yep. My daughter, and she wants one dolly in particular, and she's lying in a bed full. But of course, the one dolly, Elizabeth, is nowhere to be seen. Right, what song is this? There we go. Let's play Guess the Song. We'll play Guess the Song. So, what song is this? Is it, um, uh, I think we're alone now. Let's continue. Ed, you're more than welcome to play. Put your your headphones on. Turn your microphone on. I'm waiting for the biggest bum, 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 bum. Well, it's not that. What song is this? Edward, Eduardo, Edvard. I have no clue so far. Well, you have. You've, have you've a heard. Try. Well, I've had a clue, but you've heard seven seconds of the record. Well, you would have heard seven seconds if you weren't f- facebooking someone. You've heard four seconds of the song. What is that noise? Uh, what noise? Are you dropping one? No. I've told him about that noise, man. He doesn't <laughs> believe me. I've said, "What is that hum?" And he can't hear it. It's like there's someone's got a vacuum cleaner on. It's not the server next to me, is it? Yes, probably. How about serving that? Oh. Okay, here we go. Oh. Is this going to be Kokomo? No. Oh! <laughs> oh, um... I know. I, I, I know what it is. I can't think of the title of it. Satisfaction. And then, yeah... Yeah. Um, hang on a minute. Let me find. Let me find. I used to go dancing. All right. We'll, we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have a little bit of fun. We'll have a little bit of fun. All right. Okay. Um, what's this? <laughs> what song is this? It might as well. Got no calls. I don't well. know. Okay. Ed? No idea. No idea. <laughs> 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 
Oh, I know. Yeah. Smells like Teen Spirit. Sung by a robot. All right. Wow. Um, Is that one of them sex robots? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're so good. Okay, let's try... I don't know... I've not heard this album for years. Let's try... Um... I don't actually... I, I, I've not even heard of the song, actually, so I don't know why I'm playing this. It's not Blue Monday. No. Go on. I've not even heard... Of, no. I don't think I've even heard of the song, so maybe it's not famous. Yeah. You dancing it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those noises. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Don't be so quick to walk away. Gently, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well done, it's Robot Timberlake. OK, let's try this one. This is a famous one. Oh, you know? I've got this. What is it? Teenage Kicks. Okay, yeah, absolutely fine. Is that right. from um, no. Jazz and Eighties? Oh, well, that's okay. That's have you got Jazz and Eighties? No, I haven't got Jazz and Eighties. Because I um, got that from an Italian re- restaurant in Italy. I got a bit drunk and suddenly I could speak Italian and I asked them what their record was called and they responded. <laughs> well done. Um, how about. <laughs> Only when I'm drunk, though. How about. Oh, we know that one. How about. Oh, this might be good. <laughs> Okay. Um. Yeah, okay. 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 That's no, rubbish. Um. What's this? That's no, rubbish. Um. Oh. I will survive. Yeah. Why is this on here? Lilo, Lilo, Dilmera, Lilo, Melai, Hunazra. Oh yeah. So, that, but I still can't find the Japanese Beatles. Um, Doesn't matter. That made up for it. No, it did. Mm. Made, made up for it, didn't oh, lovely, it? Lovely. Um, the great, 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 gr- and it oh, stopped. stopped. This is my... Yeah, I think it's that computer that's sitting next to me. I think it might be great, you. Great, 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 gran Florence Jenkins, the oldest woman in Wales, has died aged 110. Who's the second oldest and where was she? Exactly. This is the thing. This is the thing. Whenever a r- the oldest person in the world dies, get find out, immediately find out where the second and the third oldest person was. And also, with the, I suspect the third oldest, because the second oldest must then be bricking themselves. It's like the ancient kings. Yep. Always look to the brother. Yep. Then look to the bastard brother. All right, mate, watch your language. We're not James Whale. They always done it.
It's not the James Wales show. James Wales a thing again. I know. Isn't it? Retro is in. Bless him. He's getting on a bit. He, he, he struggles to hear what's being said. So if you phone up, you've got to speak nice and clearly and loudly to him. And just treat him like he's an ordinary person. Just treat him like an ordinary person. It would not be appropriate for me to take pleasure from this headline. But? Farage, I fear for my life. I mean, mm. that, it was, that, we are, we are better than that. We are better than that. Dear listener, we will not be taking solace in that fact and the fact that he might move to America and become, what's that, an immigrant? No, not nice. Him and his German wife. Him and his German wife. Do you believe that he feels that way, really? I mean, who's going to bother if he walks down the street? Politicians walk around all the time. Well, he... Says he struggles out to go to the pub and buy snouts. So he's but he did, the he, ideal person for going down the pub and buying snouts. The pubs are full of people like. Farage. Who was that person that called it? And why? Why are they not? Ghost caller. So they called up, and I could hear you guys. Yeah. And then I kept saying hello, hello, bottler, bottler. Called them back. Didn't pick up. Unbelievable, bottler. Absolute. Yeah. But if they call again, Ed, you give me the steely glare. Will do. I will touch that screen. We'll get them straight on air. Bushy bashy boshy. Should I just name them bottler in the system now? Yeah, bottler. I'll get you, Butler. Um, I'm loathe to... Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll, we'll take a break and then we'll talk about hybrids. Oh. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Evening, dear listeners. This is Ian Lee, Talk Radio. Catherine is with me in the studio. Yes. 0344... 499-1000 is the telephone number. Now, last week, we um, were talking about a guest that Howard Hughes had on, on his uh, The Unexplained. Um, it was a councillor. An ex-councillor. Ex-councillor. <clears throat> who was married to an Earth woman, mm. but he'd had sex with an alien woman. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly. And they had, they had children. Yes. Okay. And he met up with her several times a year on, on his wife's say-so. Well, and it really got me thinking <laughs> a lot this weekend about sex with aliens, alien children and stuff. And so I, I, I was just, you know, Googling it, looking it up Oh, on um, porn tube and things like that. And there's not a lot of it on the, on those websites. There's not a lot of it. Hamster and all, there's a, not a lot. But it's just people dressed up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, it's niche. But then I came across this story from the um, the the Mail from January of this year, and the Mirror, sorry, from January of this year. Women had sex with aliens and gave birth to hybrid babies, and so might you. Oh, the mums claim to have given birth to half alien children who live with their fathers on giant spaceships and claim other women simply don't realise it. Now, what grabbed me about this story, because I am... Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm flesh and blood. Before everything else, I'm, I'm flesh and blood. Is that the two women in the story, they don't look nuts. They look like hot, young American women. They don't look like, you know, the the kind that live at home with 19 cats. And if you have got 19 cats, then you are weird. I'm sorry. Um, 
you know, they, they, they are attractive young women. And, and yeah. that, that kind of makes it, for me, a bit, it's, it's a bit more, oh, gosh, that's odd. If it was a lonely, you know... Because the, the thing that springs to mind when you hear a story, someone claiming to be um, in yeah. a relationship with an alien and having their child yeah. is... <clears throat> oh, oh someone wants to be special here, don't yeah. they? Yeah. That's what, that's what you think. But they're already special because they're attractive. So um, why would they want to claim that? A group of women are claiming they have children which were fathered by aliens who live with their dads on giant spaceships and describe their sexual encounters with them as the best they've ever had. The hybrid baby community, Google it, it's on Facebook. It's real. It's real. Believe aliens have been harvesting their DNA to create children that combine the best of both human and alien characteristics over a period of several Hence years. Hence the attractive nature of these women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. According to two women who claim to have mothered children with aliens... I'm surprised they've not harvested mine. The conceptions... Well, they, they, they've got, you know, say, attractive young women. Oh. Two boxes you um, don't tick. All right. Um, the conceptions Ouch. happen either through artificial insemination or real sexual encounters. Have that. Wah. Former marketing executive, and here's where it gets even weirder, Bridget Nielsen. Not that one. No, because her name is Brigitta. Also, she would crush an alien. Yeah. And video game designer Aluna Verse. Not her real name. Claim that between them, they've had 13 children with aliens. Now, her, just, just her stop there. Her name's Sarah Booty. That, Sarah Booty? Mm-hmm. I've looked her up. That is... Um, I mean, that's incre- That's an incredible thing. They've had 13 kids between them with aliens. Incredible. Is the word, yeah. And they're on Facebook. They have websites. There is a community of these people. And um, they say they believe it. They say. They've got some nice drawings of their children. Yeah. Oh, is that the children? Yeah. Um, indeed, Bridget, 27, said the sex was the best ever. And that thousands of women around the world are missing out on such experiences because they have actually had hybrid children with aliens but don't realise it. You would know... If the sex was that good, you'd remember, surely. Well, she refutes claims pointing to a lack of evidence, saying that extraterrestrial creatures only take women who, on some level, want to be taken. Oh. Um, Yeah, and then there's drawings. She doesn't actually have photographs of the babies. And they do look like aliens. The big eyes, the, the strange heads. They look like aliens. You would know if that came out from between your legs, you go, flipping out, I've had sex with an alien. It's truth. And your husband would be like, what? Wait, hang on a minute. I said, it's bad enough if they've got ginger hair and nobody has ginger hair. It can happen spontaneously, but there's always an element of, oh, the milkman. But if it comes out... Looking like an alien. Yeah, my sister's got two ginger babies. Oh, I know, no, no. And I, I'm not one of those people. I, I, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, Hopkins. I, I think ginger hair is absolutely beautiful. But, They're beautiful. It can, but it's a re- it's a recessive gene. Exactly. So it can be like generations be, uh, back that you mm. know, great, 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 great uncle or something. But it, there's always that. Oh, all the milkman. Oh, there's always that. <laughs> you would know if that came out from between betwixt your legs. Mm. You'd be like, there's no way you could you could say, oh, it's a recessive gene. No, you couldn't pass that off as... Uh, no. They've got black eyes, apparently. Totally black. 
Although she lives with her father in the USA in Sedona, Arizona, she claims to have had regular contact with aliens and now has ten hybrid children, four My boys. dad would have shot him. Yeah, six girls. She said, they're not just taking our children, they are creating a hybrid race to better humanity. The mums have produced drawings of what their hybrid children look like. And while some of human characteristics most display reptilian features, so you again, you would you would know, you would see that in the delivery room, and you'd have to think quick if you were going to pass it off as your husband's. Mm. Um, you have to, oh, aliens, uh, alien sex. Sorry, it doesn't doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't really, does it? You could say ah, you could say you were doing the artificial insemination is, one, not this, the actual. This is no, no, no. This is this is why they want to do it. Listen to this filth, absolute filth. Recalling a sexual encounter with an alien on board a spaceship. Of course. Bridget said... It was, Back to mine. It was great. It was an incredible, super primal, super raw, super... Listen to this. It was an incredible, super primal, super raw, super primal sexual experience. All right. no, no. Two primals. There was a real freedom and we were really going for it. Oh. It was the best sex I ever had. Well, if she loves it so much, why don't she naff off to the moon then? He doesn't want her full time, does he? Uranus? We don't know where they're from. Speaking about her own conception, mum of three alien children, Aluna, 23, from Los Angeles, added, Sarah. I was in a classroom setting with other humans. All of a sudden, I'm sat next to this green reptilian creature, and immediately I'm so sexually turned on looking at this being. I have a similar effect on um, ladies. Well, you look on, like a lizard. On nut jobs. <laughs> I was very surprised. I shouldn't say that. We're trying to get her on the show. I was very surprised. We were making love in this classroom in front of everyone. Everyone turned their attention to us. Well, you would. You'd notice, wouldn't you? Put you off. She continued. Are you going to get your sums done? It sounds crazy. And people have asked if I'm on, off my meds. But this is really happening. Aluna said, here we go. She was taken on board the ship in a dream state. Mm -hmm. They they had to hypnotise her. She dreamt it. And described the sex she'd had as one of her most vivid memories. Dreams. Some of the women in the hybrid baby community, it's on Facebook, guys, go and have a look. 03444991000. Which have members aged from 19 to some in their 60s claim to have more than 10 children with aliens. However... They never meet their children on Earth. And Bridget said, there is a sadness because you can't be with them. (laughs) That is one step on from, oh, he's older, you don't know him, he goes to a different school. (laughs) What was I watching the other day and they did that? What was I watching? It was um, a boyfriend, you don't know him. Yeah, I I did that. My girlfriend was in Australia, you won't have met her. She's in Australia. I did a boyfriend in Italy. What was I watching? And they... um, I was watching uh, some. It wasn't um, Rick and Morty, was it? I don't know. Anyway, it's a they standard. Did they did that. It's game. a standard. Uh, game. We believe them. Um, there may be thousands, hundreds of thousands of women across the world who have hybrid babies. They just don't know about them. So how do they not know about them? <laughs> Is it not a vaginal birth then? Maybe it just I don't know, pops out your ear or something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it might do. You're assuming. Maybe they. Um, the, may, well, maybe the alien ejaculates in your ear or mm. up your nostril. Maybe there's no ejaculation. Uranus. We don't know what planet they're from, and um, uh, and it comes out from there when you're asleep. It might just be holding hands, like with my mum and dad. 
Bridget has... Because the women have chosen to be open about their encounters with aliens, most of them, they've struggled in the real world. Well, most of them aren't in the real world. Hang on a second. Yes, line two. Hello, Ian. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Who's this? This is Botler. Hello, Botler. Hello, Botler. I called a minute ago, but kind of... I, I, honestly, I bottled you it. Bo- I bottled you, it. You bottled it. Oh, that's fine. That's fine to bottle I it. I bottled it. But but I thought about it, and I've kind of... <laughs> the alien story you're going on about is um, intriguing. Yeah. Have you ever had sex with an alien? No, but I'm starting to think, well, if one of these women um, want maintenance... Well, exactly. I mean, how, does it, how does the CSA deal with that? Space credits. They'd have to pay in space, space credits. Space credits. Why can I ask you one question which you don't have to answer? Go on, go on, go on. Why did you bottle it? I don't know. I don't know. I've spoken to you before, like, quite a few times. Yeah, but, I recognise um, your voice. It's fine. It's not criticism yeah. at all, you know. It just, you, you, it's interesting you phoned up and, and, and Ed phoned you back and you decided you didn't want to do it. And, you know, bravo for, for, for calling back in and, and, and owning it. I was just curious, because I do recognise your voice, and I know we've spoken before, and I just wondered if there was something that had um, caused you to bottle it. But, um, you know, it, it's all groovy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's, you know, I, I don't know. I'm driving as well, so it's kind of. Um, I, I know when you're on hands free and stuff, it can sometimes be a bit crap. So. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. yeah so you remember my voice? I do remember your voice. I, know, I can't. Crappy, I, horrible. I can't remember what we've spoken about though, or when we spoke. But I do recognise your voice. Yeah. Yeah, I called you once um, when you did the little um, pre-things before you came on air to talk. And I think I called you once before. Um, But yeah, I I can't remember what we spoke about. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those calls aren't important. It's It's this call that's important. And this call won't be important in in two minutes' time either. So none of it's important. No, no, none of this matters. None matters. None of this matters, man. How's life going for you at the moment? Ah, uh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, could be better, but okay. Yeah. Where are you driving to? I'm, um, well, I'm just back on the M4 now, thanks for the fact that they're being shut and I had to go through some other place. I get massive feedback on this line. I All I can hear is my horrible... If I do this, sometimes if I if I switch you to... Is that better? Is that any better? Uh, testing, testing. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah I, if, I, if, I swat, if I switch the lines, I'll put you onto line two, and sometimes uh, that works a little bit better. I don't know why. It's a little uh, glitch in the system. Which part of the M4 is closed? Because I need to go. I, I go home on the M4. I, do you know, I was thinking of you when I was um, bombing down the M4, and I, it was saying it was shut, and I think you get off near Slough or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's good. You're, you're right. Okay, they're doing... Like, they, for the last, yeah. like, four or five months, they've been doing roadworks. Oh, it's a bit boring, but guys, but excuse me, it's important to me. Doing roadworks, and it's always a bit of a, a, a punt as to whether the M4 is going to be open or my junction is going to be open, because sometimes they close it. Yeah, and, it, you know, especially when you want to go home and stuff. And yeah, I know, when it's late, and you've got to be up in the um, morning, and it literally every minute counts, and yeah, um, you've yeah. got to go up to jun- next junction and come back. Mm. Annoying. Anyway, at least we haven't got... It could be worse. We could have alien babies that we're not allowed to see. Well, you know, it, it, it's... Yeah, it, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, imagine um, trying to claim travel allowance on, on <laughs> senior kids with, uh, you know... The thing about this is, right, is me and Kath spent quite a bit of... The, I was looking at it this weekend, and Kath was looking at it tonight. These people, um, they seem to be 
genuine. I mean, there's a community of them. Well, do they live together, Kath? Yeah, Is that what you were saying? I think so. I looked them up and they're, they're on a couple of websites and on one of them they live as a community. Right. And it's a real kind of... But that must be... I want to say commune. You you said cult when we looked at it. Well... But that's that must be... It's an older bearded fella and a load of young women. (laughs) What does that look like to you? Um, (laughs) But that must be quite supportive. If... Let's just just assume that what they're saying is true, right? You've got ten kids... They're they're in America, right? Yeah. In Arizona. How did you guess? Oh. America in Arizona... There's not a lot else to do in Arizona, is it? But if right, but imagine right, imagine they're telling the truth for a moment. Okay, you've got right. you've got ten kids, and you can't see them because they're not even on this. They're not they're not in a different part of the country. It's not like they've they've moved to Scotland. It's not like they've moved to New Zealand. They're actually on a mm. in in space, right. and you can't see them, and you haven't got any photos of them. That would be devastating. How could you live I, with well, that? Apparently, the sex How is worth it. How could you get to having ten? Some of the well, you do it a lot. I don't know that yeah, some of them. Know, some of them have had ten children. They must love it. Are they are they twins or what? What, what is the um the, the word for like if you had ten kids and they were all born at the? You no, know, like you get uh, oh yeah, deck tuplets. Would it be deck tuplets? I guess it'd be deck tuplets. Too many deck tuplets. Yeah, if it was 12, it'd be dodecatuplets. I'd have 10 kids just to have deck tuplets. <laughs> you, you, you have them at the same time, that's the thing. That'd have to be a C-section, wouldn't it? <laughs> Imagine opening Ant that and up. deck tuplets. Ant and deck tuplets, that'll do it. <laughs> well, listen, I'm glad you called back. I appreciate it. I know it's, it's, a, it's a really weird, silly, uncomfortable thing to do, but uh, you've contributed greatly, so thank you. That's right, no worries. I feel it could have been better, but, you no, know, I've, I've tried my best, mate, and my it, best is all I can do. Exactly, it was spot on, it was spot on. You have a safe journey. Thank you, man. Uh, Carl, we'll come to you in a second. 0344 499 We'll have more of these um, horny space women in a minute. <laughs> Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Interplanet David makes a good point. Interplanetary benefit scrounging scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> Illegal aliens. Illegal aliens. Oh, dearie, dear. Maybe that's what the carpenters were signalling for. Yep. It could be. You, you, World you... Contact Day. Um, contact this. <laughs> Repeatedly. Um, well, where, where did we get to? Um, Bridget has failed to tie down a relationship... And her friends told her that coming clean would ruin her credibility for a future career in advertising and public relations. Her own mother even rejects her story. But Bridget said, I don't really have normal relationships anymore. This has become my normal. I know people who are married or have boyfriends, and when they tell them, it goes down badly. The group believes aliens take people from the same family and that they are most interested in breeding with hot younger women. You've added some bits in there, haven't you? I put hot, but the rest of it was there. Bridget, who says she lost one alien child to devastating circumstances when it didn't form properly, said aliens take women's eggs mainly on board their spaceships, but it can happen on Earth. She said... <laughs> Shh, don't, because if we get her on, I've, told, I've put in the thing, there'll be no mockery. Okay, well, okay fine. Well, if, if we put her in, one of the questions will be... Tell me about the time you saw that ship in the sky and your ovaries ached. <gasps> she said once she saw a ship in the sky and moments later, 
her ovaries ached. For women who refuse to accept... I they, felt mine pop before. Yeah. Mm. They have may have alien children. Bridget said there are certain things they can look for in their lives that might suggest otherwise. So this is how you tell if you've got an alien hybrid baby. Okay. She said there are signs that you can look for, such as recurring dreams about doctor's offices or classrooms, missing times or false pregnancies. Ooh. These could mean you have hybrid children. I dream a lot about classrooms. Yeah. A lot. Most, the majority of my dreams are set in the classroom. I had a very vivid dream about Kate Bush this weekend. Um, I'd like to um, see drawings. People say we are crazy, but we're not. This is really happening to us. Um, let's have a look at some of the I was comments. in a Kate Bush tribute band, the three of us, three phases of Bush. I think we're three shades of Bush. So we stopped talking about Bush. <laughs> we stopped talking about Bush. I remembered all the words and I was quite a good singer. Um, <laughs> I was Babushka. <laughs> what on earth have I been eating? What are you talking about? You're still talking. I'm just trying to find something in here. <laughs> so here's one of the comments. Go on. I believe in aliens. But I'm not sure about these women in this group. I've just read over and over, and part of my ignorance or anything, have I missed something? But I don't believe these women. I understand how dreams work, and I've read books on the Pleiadians, Pleiadians and how out-of-body experiences or dream states can make you... Jeez, oh, I'm, reading, I'm reading the comments on a story about <laughs> women who've had space babies. Um, she's, uh, as, uh, I, I believe in aliens, I believe in hybrids. But I don't believe these women. Wow. There we go. It's posted by someone called the Theologians of Orion. They were very brave to come forward to share their stories because they want to wake the people up to what is going on in this world. Most people are, un are unaware of what this world really is. Uniquely me. As odd as it may sound, I believe it. We have no clue of what's out there and what may be taking place. Since it's out of the norm and you see it in movies and television shows, it can't be real. People are very close-minded and live inside of a box. You never know, so don't doubt. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Anti-gravity crafts are here in our skies for decades. Sightings have increased, so why now are the media taking an interest without the ridicule? Who gave them the permission to speak on this subject, and why? Is disclosure coming? Have we had contact? I tell you we need to get on this. Stephen, uh, not Stephen Murdoch, he's the computer expert. Um, we had a... I used to have a computer... Uh, Babcock? No, 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 a sci-fi expert. What was his name? Um... Uh, Joe Lavens. Joe Lavens is a uh, uh, an alien expert. He's brilliant. He will blow your mind. He will absolutely blow your mind with the stuff he knows about aliens. I'll see if he's if he's in America. So I'll see if um, he's a professor. I'll see if he's around this week. Maybe so we can get Joe Lavens on to talk about um, Sounds good. hybrid babies. Kyle, I'll come to you in a minute. 0344 499 1000. This is Talk. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hey, up, Kyle. Evening, you all right? Evening, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, uh, my body is aching because I've been pumping off furiously. 
and um, um, peckish, so I might get a sandwich on the way home, and that'll be it. That'll be it. No cookies, no no chocolate, no chocolata, not kinda chocolata. Oh, Ed, come on, focus. Come on, Ed. Come on. I want to see the Ev. Actually, no, turn that mic off. We don't. Hey. hey. No, let's, let's, uh, Kyle. Yes. What? On your way home, why don't you get yourself a, a Ginster's uh, peppered steak slice? A what? A Ginster's. Thank you. It's a hard G on Ginster's. It's Is not it? A, yeah, it's a hard G. Ginster's. How do you know? Because I, I I know a lot of things. How do I know? How do you know? How do you know that this is the colour red? You just know it. I know Ginsters is Ginsters. Well, why is it Gillingham? Hang on a second. Uh, well, there's not. There's also a Gillingham. I know. So which one's which? And how do you know? Jonathan. Yeah. Ginsters or Ginsters? It's Ginsters, obviously. Obviously. Mm. You see, it's a man thing. It's a man thing. I've eaten them. Just don't know how to say it clearly. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you look like an idiot when you go and get them in the petrol station then. I don't ask for them, you just pick them up. I haven't had a, a Ginsters heated up for a long, long time, but that is They something. are dirty, but good, aren't they're they? Good. They're very, very But anyway, good. you're not having that, because no, that's I'm, not right. I'm having a cheeky sandwich at the end. I've got to fill up petrol as well, so, you know what, so I've got to stop off. Anyway, Carl, what was... Uh, what, what, what do you want, Kyle? Well, a couple, a couple of bits, really. Yeah. Uh, the uh, alien space baby thing, yeah, which sounds like a heavy topic. How do these women know these are real aliens? It could just be me painting myself green and waving a cucumber around. They don't know. Where would you put the cucumber? Well, I don't want to go there. Um, they, they, I suppose it could be. Don't really matter. They're taking the kids off your hands. <laughs> don't ask any questions. <laughs> Uranus. We don't know where they're from. <laughs> do you get it? Yeah. Do you mean like? Hey, come on, don't sully this relationship with filth. Um, yeah, no, we, well, we're going to try We're going to try and get the um, uh, hybrid women on mm. the show to talk about it. And, if, and, and we'll also try and get Professor Joe Labans on as well, who's um, uh, uh, an expert on this I've also approached a guy who is a um, cryptozoologist. Now, that means um, Sasquatch. Yeah, Sasquatch yep. and the Nessie. Yep. But in this instance, I want to talk about the Mothman. Oh, Mothra. Well, I think it might be, yeah. yeah. Of um, New Pleasance, it's yeah. called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. heard of, well, we, we've talked before about moths screaming. Imagine a moth man screaming. That would be awful. Oh, that would be It's awful. got glowing red eyes as well. Um, oh. yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You'd know about it. Yeah. Uh, but no, the other thing I was going to say, uh, apart from me and Manny, both managed to make an appearance on Howard Hughes last night. Oh, I fell asleep. I fell asleep. Listen, who did it? What was he starting to? What was the beginning of the sh- of Howard's show last night? Oh well, I missed the first half hour. Oh. I was watching, so I'm sorry. But, uh, Jonathan, did you listen to Howard Hughes last night? No, I've never listened to it. What? It sounds too good to be true. It, 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 it is. is. It is too good. It's brilliant, Howard's show. Sunday night, ten o'clock. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Why is it so good? Because it's it's three hours of bullshit. It is three hours of of basically fruitcakes and liars, um, charlatans, charlatans um, talking nonsense. Yeah, swearing <laughs> yeah. it's true. It's like, yeah, swearing it's true. It, 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 it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's exactly what Sunday night radio should be. Well, last night the uh, the bloke the bloke I had and the bloke me and Manny rang in about. Was like a really, it was a really odd fellow. It was about the cryogenic thing, the freezing of the body. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was just, he sounded exactly like Stephen Murdoch. 
And that's what I couldn't put out of my head. But he was such a chancer. Such a chancer. Well, you say he was a chancer, Kyle. Have mm. you researched cryogenics? I don't think so, mate. Well, I sat in the freezer once for half an hour, see what happened. I, um... I used to work at B-Jams, and my job on a Saturday evening at half past five was I had to go into the, the walk-in freeze and shut the door and count everything. Oh. Do a stock check every Saturday night. Oh, it was awful. And and you get, like, a big coat, but they're all torn, and, and, and obviously they only came down to your knees. And you've got these thick gloves, but you couldn't write with the thick gloves on. So you had to take the right glove off to write on a bit of card. You count the boxes of chips, six boxes of oven chips. Oh, I'd just make it up. Bo- no, you couldn't, though, because it was the whole of the next week was dependent on you doing a proper stock check. And you could be in there for about 40 minutes, honestly. And I was doing that at 15, 16, which is why I'm such a hard worker now, because I've struggled, I've suffered. I am a hard worker. Um, it was, honestly, it was absolute torture. Probably illegal to yeah, send a 15-year-old in there. But, you know, it's what we did. It's what we did. I wanted to buy booze money, and uh, I wanted booze money, and I earned it. I earned it the hard way. And then sometimes if we, um, sometimes what we do is, uh, for a bit of sport, we would get someone, could be me, could be someone else, happened to all of us, we'd take off their coat, we'd take off their gloves, so they just had, like, the blue boiler suit like quick fit suit and we'd throw them in there and we'd chuck we'd bury them under boxes of chips and then we'd lock the door lock the door what that sounds hilarious yeah it was it was well it was absolutely the most horrendous thing that could possibly have happened to the person it was happening to to everyone else hilarious but but what they would do what we would do sometimes is we'd all say right we're going to get you in we're going to get you in and we get him in and then we go in there and then they'd all turn on me, <gasps> and they'd get me, and that was horrible. Yeah. And they'd strip me and you'd throw you in there. It's, it's, it's just classic bounce, guys. Mm. I used to get locked in the shoe cupboard when I worked in a... It's not as bad as a freezer. Admittedly, no, you no. win on that one. Yep. But you know what I'm like for being scared? Yeah. There were holes in the walls. My um, um, colleagues used to thrust... Their glory, <laughs> glory holes. <laughs> they were big enough to get your head through, and my colleagues used to thrust <laughs> their faces through. <laughs> you, well, you're, lu- you're lucky it's me. just the, the... It was those heads they put through. They're all women. Well, still, we've heard about Carl's cucumber. <laughs> Thanks. Anything else, Kyle? Yeah, well, the other quick thing. When you were talking, I don't, I, you probably got it, knowing you. Yeah. But when uh, you were playing the cover songs before, yeah. I think I was trying to narrow it down, but my absolute favourite is that Tijuana Brass album where, uh, where it plays uh, Eleanor Rigby. A haunting tale of loneliness. I've got it on. Um, I've got all those on vinyl, and you know, I was looking at because I, I want to get rid of stuff. I was looking at all my vinyl yesterday. I thought, don't you dare! No, I, I, I thought because there's a lot, and a lot of it is like the Tijuana Brass album stuff, which was great when we had, when I was at the Three Counties in WN because we had record player, and so we could we bring all this stuff in and we 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 get it out and we use it as a bed and stuff. Here we haven't got. Record player. I could feasibly, I could bring in my little record player and plug it in, plug it in through that. But it just becomes. Um, in fact, I will do that one. Night. Do it. Uh, and maybe, maybe bring my records in too. Maybe on Friday. Well, no, no, no. Because we're not going to play records. Oh. But it'll be like beds and stuff. Just well, the minute beds. you. The minute, Ian, that yes. you do this, you will instantly regret it and go and buy it back. I've done it. Well, yeah, I know, but I've just got so much stuff, Kyle, and I don't want to get all, all um, you know, kind of spiritual on your ass in the last six minutes of the show. You're being very quiet, Jonathan. You taking notes? Yeah, just being patient. Oh. But 
We're going to run out of time, aren't we? Well, um, that's up to you. Jump in. Um, have you got a cold? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit under the weather. Vinyl doesn't take up that much room, though. You are going to regret it if you get rid of it. Well, vinyl... Well, the thing... Uh, here's the thing. I, I, I came home the other day, and, you know, I've got, I've got vinyl in, in my bedroom and vinyl in the spare room, and I've got that big... You know, those vinyl bags that you, we've got. And I, and I came in, and in the spare room, the bag full of vinyl, not the first time this has happened, had been put next to the radiator. <gasps> and so I then spent oh, no. ten minutes... I then spent ten minutes getting out and going, is that... Is that one? No, is that one? one? It, I think it's all right because the, the bag's quite thick. But um, oh, flipping it, I mean. But I, I've got. Here's the thing, right? What would happen? This is a genuine question, right? What would happen if I got rid of everything? You'd what be would really ha- bored. Sorry, you'd be really bored. Why would I be bored? Because most of this, have... most of this stuff, I don't touch anyway. I mean, it's not like I'm at home spinning records or playing CDs. I've got like 500 CDs and I don't know 150 records. And what if I got rid of all of it? What would happen? What would actually happen? Nothing. Nothing would happen. I would miss what it. That? But what... there was something you got rid of a while ago, and you really regretted it, and you really wanted to get yeah, back with yeah. me guitar. It was no, it was my cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting, guys. Um, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a guitar, but I, 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 I regretted it because cause I, I got hardly any money for it and it cost me a lot. I, but I don't miss my Ace Fraley sunburn. I don't really miss because I, I never played it. I never played it. I always let my mate Spencer play it. So if I got rid of all my records and all my CDs and all my guitars and all of these things, what would happen? Spencer would miss them. Spencer would miss them, yeah. Well, Spencer's got his own nice guitar now, so he doesn't need it. It's a ju- honestly, it's a thing. I'm, I'm really, um, I, I, I'm not, you know, that close to doing it, but it is a point that uh, uh, keeps popping up in my head. And it's like this Christmas, I'm going to say to everyone, I don't want anything for Christmas. And I ordered a book today on Amazon because it was three quid. And th- th- then I got the email through saying, we're sending it out. I was thinking, why did I do that? I've got enough books. I read something really interesting about that acquisition thing because I've got a bit of a problem with yeah. buying our clothes. I, and and someone wrote a really interesting piece. I can't remember where it was. But you're buying it for the future you. It's your way of kind of comforting yourself by saying, in the future, I will live this lifestyle, I will do this thing, I will read this book. You know, it's that, it's it's a comforting thing. And I've got clothes that I've never worn. I've got this really nice shirt, but it's white. Yeah. And it's got, like, um, sort of mother-of-pearl buttons, which are like popper. I quite like it. It's, it's, it's Wear a little, it. It's a Don't keep things country, for best. But... Don't keep things well, for best. But I, I bought it about two years ago. Wear so it. No, I'm never going to wear it. And I've got loads of shirts that are a bit tatty or they don't fit me or I don't need that stuff. I don't need all of those records. I don't need I don't need any of that stuff. And I part of me thinks life would be simpler if that stuff was gone. Now, is that an oversimplification? Yeah. It, uh, life would be functional. But I think there is an element of, of truth in that. It's like my my computer, right? I've got two computers and, and, and the laptop here, what I've done to make my life easier, to make my uh, 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 window, what do they call it? Desktop, that's what they call it. To make it tidier, I put everything into a folder called tidy. Now, all that means now is I've got a folder that everything is in. That's the rug you've swept it all under. But now there's more and more stuff <laughs> is building up around yeah. it, outside it. Um, and I just think there's too much stuff 
in the world. And I just I, wonder what my life would be like without it. I think you're right, Ian, because I've said to uh, my friends, which looks a bit weird, but I've said, don't buy me anything, because of anything, I'm trying to get rid of mm. stuff. And stuff that I'm never going to, you know, stop, don't buy me stuff I'm never going to use. Don't if we got it for a meal... Yeah. Don't you think, I was going to say, don't you think it's an age thing? The older you get, the more likely it is that if you fancy something, you can buy it for yourself. So you've got loads of stuff. Actually, what you want is time and experiences. I, and I, 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 I'm of the thinking, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it all in one go. Or you've got to do it all in, like, right, I'm going to get rid of all my vinyl. Now I'm going to get rid of all of my CDs and DVDs. You got to. You can't do it like I'm going to get rid of this, this these ten CDs and it's. it's but that's you it's, though. You're an extreme person. Well, that's a, that is something to throw me. Literally, the last sixty-two seconds of the show. It's true. I'm an I'm an extreme yeah, person. It's all, all or nothing with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Muslim extremist, Catherine. <laughs> on the literally, the die moments of the show has come out and called me a Muslim extremist. <laughs> well, you're a Christian fundamentalist, but yeah, I don't. Uh, Jonathan and Carl, we're out of time. Good night. Ta-ta. Night. Thank you for that. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Apart from the bit when I was called a Muslim. I didn't call you a Muslim. You extremist. called me. You're a man of extremes. You extreme. well, if I became a Muslim, you're saying I'd be an extremist. Yeah. Racist. You can't be racist against Muslims. It's not a race. Islamophobe. Oh, you got me there. That's the the uh, name of my uh, new album, Islamophobe. Uh, but it's ironic. We're not actually. We're quite pro-Islam. We're we're, we're pro all religions. Um, peace and love. Peace and love. Um, apart from the Buddhists, I know it's not technically a religion, but we, we, we anyway. I, I need to stop. Thank you very much indeed. Back tonight at ten. Ta-ta. Talk radio. Listen. Phone. Talk. Talk radio. We'll get you talking.